four, three, two, one. Style bender, ladies and gentlemen. Salute, sir. Congratulations, man. Thank you, thank you. Dude, your fight fight Friday night was... um, that was what you would call like a coming out party. Yeah, in America, know? in America. In America, yeah. yeah. People got to see. First fight in Vegas, first main event, uh, first top 10 guy. And I feel like I got to kind of like shut a lot of people up because before that fight, a lot of people were kind of like, shit, it's too much, it's too soon. Like The hype. Yeah, yeah. it's like, oh, he's this and that. And for me, I, I wouldn't take insult to it because they don't know. You know, you can't, um, you can't fault them for it, so... Well, yeah. you did a smart thing in the way you handled your, your transition to MMA, too. I mean, mm. you, really, you really took your time and did it right. When did, you and I talked for the first time about this. How many years ago? 2015, I think. Mm. Yeah, talk, you, you hit me up on Instagram and said, you know, when am I going to call one of your fights? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, we'll take our time. Because my coach, he's the, the mastermind behind all this, Eugene Behrman. Without him, my career would be in the shitter. So he kind of let just take our time. There's no rush. You know, Smart way young, to do it. Hundred percent. Because you see, like looking for a fight, mm-hmm. guys like example Sage Northcutt, he's been up and down in the UFC fighting, you know, like his rise and stuff like that. But you have to, you can't just come in here with like maybe three fights, unless maybe like a Mickey Gall, who also has extensive background in something else mm-hmm. like jujitsu. Right. You know? But yeah, I took my time, fought around the world, fought different body types, different styles, and then eventually, I think the UFC were like, okay, what do you want? Come on, like. Let's go. Well, you built up a lot of hype outside. You built Mm -hmm. up some hype kickboxing. You built up some hype in MMA, but you built up a lot of internet hype. Yeah. There was a lot of highlight videos made of you, and people were like, oh, shit, look at this guy. And then dudes were breaking down your your videos, like breaking down technique, like look how he sets this up. Mm -hmm. There was one that... Was it Brendan Dorman who did it recently? Was it uh, Lawrence Kenshin? No, maybe it was Brendan Dorman. I saw Striking. one yesterday. Yeah, Brendan he, Dorman. He did one where you set that dude up and then left high kicked him. Um, oh, no, that was a Lauren Kenshin. Lauren it was Kenshin. Kenshin. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Dude, those guys are so important. You know, fun fact about that kick, we're drilling it. Uh, he, Eugene taught it to me, that setup probably seven days before. And he said, if this lands, it's a finisher. He said that. Like, wow. Right, whatever. And then in the fight, something happened, and I didn't even think about it, just... Boom, and it landed, and I hurt my foot on his head, actually. <sighs> I actually hurt my foot, because that was the third fight of the night, so it was a tournament, so the final fight, and I hurt my foot on his head, and I was like, okay. Because you, you kind of see me limp a little bit, then mm. I went in on him and just, yeah, finished it off. That was a beautiful high kick, man. Yeah. The way you set it up was so interesting, too, because you forced him into this weird battle of erratic movement. Like, you you did a lot of this with him. You got to take care of yeah. this first. A lot mm-hmm. of guys think, like, with Farah Sahabi, what he said, yeah. Take care of this. Scramble your brain. Dude, Farah Sahabi yeah. is a treasure. 100%. He's a treasure. I like the way he thinks. And I, I listen to that podcast. And yeah, I like, when he said that, I was like, that's what, I, that's what we do. I, mm-hmm. I like to make these guys second guess themselves. Yeah. Like, just get stuck. Like, okay, he's right here. Like, fuck, I got to reset right here. Okay, cool, cool. Oh, just got jabbed. And then mm. they just get flustered. And they can talk all this stuff like, oh, we're going to do this and this and that. right? And it's different when you see it on TV, but when you're in fr- – because I've had it done to me. I've got teammates that do it to me all the time. If I'm not on my game, they do it to me. And I'm like, so this is what it feels like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't want to be on the other side of that. So If you come in overtrained yeah, or, yeah, or just sick not or lazy. My day. Like yeah. Dan Hooker will catch me on some days. Dan and, Hooker's yeah. a beast, man. Ooh. Ooh. That's my guy, bro. Ooh, he's <laughs> a serious dude. So it's been like I don't know, three weeks. Shane Young in uh, Singapore. 
myself Friday night and Dan Hooker on Saturday. Dan Hooker's one of them never never celebrating the octagon guys yeah. either. He's all angry even after <laughs> I call he him wins. Vegeta. I call him Vegeta. <laughs> <laughs> Remember in um was it two one nine? He looked at you, he told me it didn't mean to, but he looked at you he's like, Do you know who I am now? And threw his mouth guard at the cage, but he said it went through the cage and hit you in the chest or something. Is accident. that what he said to me? Do yeah, you know who like, I am now? I knew who he was. Uh, of course you did, but like it's because like the <laughs> UFC wasn't really like you know putting him out there. They kind of like wow. just sleeping on him, so he just he felt frustrated. Yeah, like before, I get it. Yeah, that's just because he's so ambitious. Yeah, hundred percent. But uh, I don't have well, nothing to do with that. Yeah, of course I know. Yeah, third party. But all I do him is go sit down it. and call fights. Me and him go at it. Me, Carlos, me, John Vake, BJ Bland, like so many. Like people don't know yet. I've told them like when K one was the, the the pinnacle of combat sports, right? New Zealand, Australasia was on top. You had Ray Seffo, Mark Hunt, Doug Viney, Jason Vimore, Jordan Ty. Guys from that side of the world, like, run, like running it. And other sides of the world as well. But I felt like we fell off. And then New Zealand combat sports kind of took a little a lull for a few years, a long time. And now it's we're doing it again. Like Guys like me, Dan, Shane, Kai, we're about to like take it to the next level and then bring, bring NZ sports again all the way up. Well, you know what's interesting is that New Zealand in, in particular – like you guys, there's there's something about having you guys come over here, and do, there's not like a long history where people think of, mm. you know, like zo New Zealand MMA fighters, but New Zealand kickboxers. Mm. I mean, it's one of the most rich environments. Like, think about all the different high level kickboxers that came out of New Zealand or yeah. Australia for that matter. Australia in general. Yeah, yeah. crazy, crazy 100%. number of like really high level kickboxers. Like when I came to help uh, Rumble. Uh, with his camp for John Jones, because uh, Rashad linked it up and said, you should come help us out. And I said, yeah, sure. So I went to Black Zillions when it was still around. And I was surprised. I was like, man, the stand-up in America is not not even close on our level. The grappling, the wrestling, because you guys have it in, in schools and mm -hmm. all the Brazilians come here and open schools and stuff like that. But the stand-up was not on our level. So I told Eugene that, and he's like, good. I wanted you to know that, because Doug had the same thing when he went to Vegas. And then he saw, like, man, these guys, their stand-up's not really on our level. So we've always had that. Um, I don't know where it comes from. There's, like, a whole lineage of it. Even Ray Seffo, we come from the same school. Sure. Yeah, BLG school. But, yeah, uh, grappling and stuff, I feel like we we were behind at first because, of, you know, internet, uh, we get seminars and shit like that. And I've got obsessive trainers like Adam Johnson. He's, a, he's my jiu-jitsu coach in a way, and he's just obsessed. So they're constantly, like, upgrading everything. And... I think it went for um I didn't really get to use my jiu-jitsu much a little bit in that fight but he uh, the takedown defense that's all Andre as well my wrestling coach he's a Romanian guy so we we don't need to like go anywhere else I feel like we've we've got people where we are we're stacked enough to be able to level up and compete with the rest of the world. Well, you know? if you've got someone like Dan Hooker in your camp, mm. just that alone, when you have guys like you and him together, that's yeah. what forces everybody to the next level. And the everybody around tide. you will rise up too. They'll see what you're doing. They'll see your fight with Tavares. They'll see mm. some of your fights online. They'll see you in the gym. Yeah. And you, when you have a guy like that in the gym, I've always experienced this yeah. in jiu-jitsu and everything else. Everybody else's level rises up to try to catch up to that guy. 100%. Because all they see, like you guys, what the world sees is just us on TV. Mm -hmm. And then they see like the high highlights the cool stuff but my teammates get to see me fuck up all the time they see me get my licks of course so when they yeah. see all that stuff then they see me on the world stage kicking ass and like man of course i can do this like brad brad riddell bad ass kickboxer world champion one of my teammates or oh, angry panda but he's yeah he's moving making his move to mma now right now but um he's he's another one of those guys that he and kickboxing doesn't really do it for him he's he's like built like a Chad Mendes type guy, short, stocky, but 
pretty thick and he can wrestle, you know, but no one knows it yet. So whenever he comes into MMA or the UFC, then everyone's going to be like, okay, take him down. Let's see what can happen. But yeah, they, they, they find out eventually. Yeah, there's guys from that section of the world. I mean, you really stop and think about between New, between New Zealand mm. and Australia. Mm. How many world class kickboxers? Holy shit! A lot. Yeah, and they've run through not just from this era, but even back in the day. Right, Dennis Alexio, right? Yeah. Wasn't? Yeah, right. I think so. Yeah. See, for me with kickboxing, or is I know, he from Hawaii? I know, I know, I know. Um, like say up to Ray Seffo's days, like Mark Hunt, but I never really invested in K1 back in the day. I, I just think I'm like thinking of guys. Stan Longinitis. I think Stan Longinitis was from Australia. But I, I know, like, there's a deep, there's a deep uh, rooted history in kickboxing in Australia yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Why? What happened there? How'd that get started? No idea. That's the Crazy. thing. I could sit there. I, if, if you want to speak to someone, Eugene would be the guy or Tojo. They're the guys that have the history just up here. But for me, I just came in and I enjoyed it and I, I jumped in the pool. Well, from the United States, you have, there are some big kickboxing camps, but also you get a lot of guys who've come here from Holland and from yeah. other kickboxing rich places and like try Harry to enter. Hooft, he's another sure, guy right now. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. And of course, guys who fought over there and came over here like Alistair and yeah. guys who entered into MMA. It's just, it is interesting that, you know, for MMA gyms, there's like a certain level of striking. And mm. then you see like a Nicky Holtzkin will come and, and yeah. start training with those guys. And you realize like, He was oh, there when Jesus. I was there. Was I was it? watching, yeah, a little bit of his sparring. He's good. Uh, what's happening to him now? I haven't seen him in a while. I think he's boxing now. Real? Yeah, I think like he... Tyron. Yeah, I think he's decided that there's more money in boxing. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's winning some. he good hands as well. He does. He's got yeah. a nasty left hook. Yeah, you know? that body rip. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like his style. But I think kickboxing, like, if I wanted to take the... The boxing blueprint. I could have done that because I'm six and one in boxing as well. So I could have done that and just got built up, fight like you know the cans, fight some champions, local champions, some national champions, and eventually on the world stage. But for me, it just I never wanted to feel vulnerable. I never wanted to feel like another guy could kick my ass in another. Just like you know Floyd Mayweather, they're about to do this fight with McGregor part two. And they had all these stupid rules, like, okay, no. I think that was all fake. Yeah, I know. But, like, even if the idea of it, I'm like, if right. you're going to do it, just jump in. Right. What are we doing? It's like, okay, well, you're a man. Like, yo, fuck you. We're going to do it man to man. But right. no kicks, though. No kicks, though. No, <laughs> um, no knees, no, no elbows. elbows. And I had that, like, it's just, I, I don't understand. I'm like, why? If you want to prove you're the best fighter, you have to fight people from other codes. Right. And this is at the UFC, that's the highest level. You know, so have I, you entered I, into any wrestling competition or jujitsu competition? competitions? Yeah. I have. I normally place. I never submission been first. Or? Yeah, submission. Yeah. I never. I've never been first, but I'm like either second, third, or somewhere else. But yeah, I've only ever done maybe four or five in my career. You have a specialty yeah. though, and I, I've always felt like guys who have a specialty, if they can get to a certain amount of good at this other thing without abandoning their skills as a specialty, 100%. they're always going to have that giant yeah. advantage. I agree. You know? It's just the, it's. A, same thing. Whatever got them to what they're good at, and they say boxing, wrestling, they can do the same thing. Sure. Like Gary Tonin, was the fight he um he had a one FC or one one championship and knocked mm -hmm. the guy with the one two. Yeah, that wasn't a jujitsu style punch. That wasn't like an amateur, like a guy who's never strike uh, strike before. He actually looked like he was flowing well with a stand up, and that's because he same thing happens in jujitsu or what you know this whatever made him great at grappling can make him great at stand up as well yeah for sure mm. i mean it's, it's there's obviously there's an, the added element of getting hit that some yeah. people can't psychologically handle as well yeah we know those. Makes, yeah, yeah, yeah it makes a big difference i used to be but then event yeah. like now even i watch my fight after i after it happened i look i keep looking at what's happening i'm, I'm searching for people I'm, I'm searching for shots or whatever but a lot of people kind of like 
either flare, um, close up, or they not turn away, but like they just try and use the wall. And you can't really use that in in, in MMA because the gloves they don't help. But in kickboxing, you can just like right. I saw you were there in um, L.A. when I fought um, for the Glory World title. Yes. That kind of style, like, you can just jog a knot, yeah. walk down and beat the legs or whatever. With those big pads. Exactly, big, the big gloves. Up, big gloves. You can still find your ways around them. And mm -hmm. I, they made this, the ring was, probably if you put three of these tables together, that was the ring. It was Jesus. a smaller. They're trying I cracked to rope the, you in? I, cra I cracked the coat. I was able to get my footwork around them. Even this cage was big enough. And people were like, was the cage smaller? I was like, yeah, but. It was big enough for me. The thing about that palms cage that I really like is, is I feel feel like it's the right size. I, feel I like, like the setup. I feel like the regular UFC cage is big, and mm. I like that it's big, but it might be too big. Yeah. Might that cage wasn't too to big for big. me. It, it, no. was, it was small, but it wasn't like, oh, my God, yeah, right. like in a phone before anything. No, I mean, it looked like you had massive, ma yeah. a lot better than a kickboxing ring. Yeah, 100%. I mean, think about that. Yeah, it's very rare you get a boxing ring that has anywhere near the kind of distance from corner to corner. Yeah. You a good, but the UFC there's there's some pros and cons I think, but it's a con when it's a fight like in Ganu versus Derek Lewis. Oh. That's when it's a con. I have a video of me before that fight like yelling, "Somebody's gonna die!" I know. <laughs> Everybody thought that, then, dude. Coming like, into that fight, minute. when I saw Francis weigh two fifty three, I was like, "Oh shit, he's Why, in he normally, shape." Yeah. He's normally he looked jacked. He looked yeah, jacked. Yeah. He looked he looked like he took it very mm. fucking serious. I thought he was gonna realize that he got out wrestled and out conditioned. He's gonna come back. Guns blazing yeah. and try to put a beating on Derek Lewis, but yeah. he was so tentative. Like, even uh, with a fight like Stephen Waterboy Thompson and um, Darren Till, that fight people were like, "It was boring." I was like, "Hell no!" Like I enjoyed that fight. Right. It was just small margin for error. Two stand-up guys who, you know, you can understand the game where it's like the foot placement, you know, feints, all that kind of shit. Yeah. And then people were like, "You know, that sucked." I was like, "Well, you don't understand, you know, striking on that level." But that Derek Lewis fight. And Francis, it was like, I, I tried and just kind of, it was just, yeah. It was dull. weird. It was the number two least amount of strikes landed Shit. ever in a three-round fight. Damn. Yeah. And they're both beasts. They're both, you I know. know, like motherfuckers. But I know. They've both been in crazy fights. Like, yeah. they've both been in nothing but exciting fights. Yeah. Oh, well. Except for, you know, some brief moments. So it's just a psychological issue, I mm -hmm. guess. Who knows, Francis man? said that. He said it was too, like, if he, he had, like, a PTSD from his last fight. Like, That's shit, crazy. I don't want to, like get hurt again or whatever but and he took a beating in that last fight as well you know it's really crazy he did yeah. he, people don't realize he did he got fucked up in mm. that fight like five he, rounds what people don't see is mm. how he felt after it six hours later 10 hours later yeah. 24 hours later when his 100%. head's pounding and the headaches he's got to close shit. all the drapes and yeah, yeah. no yeah. light yeah. yeah no light <sighs> it's life huh yeah man. i want to be a fighter <laughs> he, but the thing is, he's only been doing it for five years that's yeah. what's really crazy and that's the thing this he's a he's a, look at him i'm the runt of my people you go to nigeria there's literally pics of the litter when i went back there i'm like you should not be playing football big money in it but i think like mma as like you can just grab any of those kids and give them some boxing gloves show them how to sprawl show them how to how to wrestle and they're beasts like you <laughs> 10 and gunners 10 john jones is just walking really? down the street i'm the i'm i had the same size head and i was just a skinny boy so i looked like a lollipop i was a runt bro <laughs> honestly like just a runt of the of, of, of the litter but i had to work i had to develop i think maybe like around 15 i started to get taller so every time i come back from school or from a holiday after school it's like there you got taller there you got taller and then somehow i just filled it out Realized I got athleticism, and then later on, like I was never the athletic kid playing basketball or anything like that. I was just the the runt. When did you get into martial arts? I started in Taekwondo when I was a kid. 
just because after school programs and it was fun. Such a good one for kids, man. Yeah, it was fun. That's why I liked that. Yeah. Like, Hana, do, set, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> but um, yeah, and then uh, I think I almost got my yellow belt. Then my mom kind of pulled me out because I was just wrecking shop around the house, mm. kicking everything. I broke my arm doing backflips off the couch. Oh, and Jesus. And she was just like, nah, no more. And um, yeah, I found, uh, you know, Ungbok, the Tony Jaw film. I found that uh, maybe in two, uh, 2008. Yeah, 2008, early 2008. I found that and I was about 18. And I was like, yo, this is cool. I don't know what this is. And then I found that was Muay Thai. I found a Muay Thai gym. And then six weeks later, I had my first fight. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I found a video of that first fight, actually. I'll throw it up one How day. How old were you? 18. I was 18. Wow. Yeah. But I'm glad. People are like, oh, isn't that a little bit too late? But I'm glad that happened because I didn't feel like I was worn out. Because I've seen some kids who protégés fighting from like the age of 12 or 10 and then you know like in those smoker shows yeah. and then like they get to a certain point and they just like i want to do something else not all of them some of them yeah they and then sometimes they come back as well but sometimes they just find I don't, i'm sick of this you know i want to do something else you find but that a lot me, with like uh sons of trainers yeah sons it was actually the fighters. son of my, one of my my first trainer and he's yeah. doing something else now but yeah. yeah for me i think 18 was a good year like good age to start and i just felt fresh it was something i wanted to do after my first fight i was just chasing that again that feeling because i've always been a dancer as well so i like that roar of the crowd so after my first fight again people were like bro that was sick right, right. and i'm like what the fuck did i do i don't remember it you just went into a zone yeah bro i was scared the guy looked like david tour you know when david tour had right. the haircut yeah he and he he was no 80 kgs he was probably like maybe 92 my what is 92 in kgs pounds, pounds. okay maybe 205 so Jesus. 80 kgs would have been like say 185 175 or something so he was way overweight yeah yeah but the tra my trainer kind of just he was a crazy dude so he just let it go and that when you you have to realize that at a certain point i realized okay this is not the guy to get me to that level i want to be mm. so i left and i moved to auckland new zealand uh, auckland the main city was your trainer encouraging brawls too much or what was it he wanted me to fight his style like what was that uh like he'd always tell me like you need to have your hands up and you know he was a real purist of muay thai mm -hmm. so he wanted me to have that you know like the, the right. sway and mm -hmm. stuff like that and that's the difference between someone that wants you to fight like them and someone like eugene my coach when he first saw me he just like cool we can work with that. Like he will. He never tried to make me fight any and like, like him. He never tried to make me do anything like mm. this guy. He just said, "Okay, I want you to jab like this." And well, it would almost be like trying to get someone to write songs like the songs they write. Exactly. It's yeah. like this is expression. This is art. Yeah. Let me do me. And it really is. Yeah. And he could you never know? understand it. He's like, "Put your hands up." And I, I like my people say, "Y'all." And people can still say, "Get your hands up." I'm like, "That's textbook." I don't read the textbook. I had to look at it. It was all right. <laughs> I like. I like. The balance I feel when I'm over here, like my takedowns, I was able to stuff them because my hands are already low, and I can still shell up when I need to. I can still fight hands up when I need to, but I like There's my hands down. There's a different consideration when you have to stop takedowns. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, the, even the, in kickboxing, my hands were always down a lot of the times. Having the ability to get an underhook or double underhooks quickly, yeah. but in kickboxing. The I like thing my is, jab from there, from the low, from right, the low. Right, can't see it's where low. it's going. Mm. It's there's definitely pros and cons to everything, but a guy who's got the kind of speed that you have can take advantage many times more of having hands low yeah it's it really i mean look at roy jones how the uh, fuck can you say how can the fuck you say hands down's no good roy yeah. jones jr kept his hands down all he the had time the eyes as well you have to i think you can train the eyes because my eyes weren't i, I was always I had re, um, quick reflexes but i think you can train the eyes mm. in certain ways just through well, roy could just land that lead left, left hook, hook like a yeah. jab he throws it like his his shoulder i, don't, I think it, it, it would just snap, snap in yeah there, man. crazy Dude, i remember was, that one with the four right hooks he hit that guy with 
Remember he had giant biceps, yeah. but he didn't have big triceps. Nah. Like everything was hooks. It was all like from throwing it's punches a lead in one the as well. That's the thing. Most people were always leading with jabs as well. So that would never help him. Lead left hook. That was something different at the time that no one could figure out. They couldn't crack the code. Roy Jones Jr. in his prime. Yeah. People, people. It's like I his agree. song. It's like his song. Can't Y'all must have forgot. Yeah. Oh, they forgot. That's what it is. Y'all <laughs> must have forgot. That was his song. Yeah. Because people did forget. Like, but the first boxer I ever saw when I was a kid, because I never really watched fights. I was, you know, playing with sticks, toys, whatever, making my own shit. But I saw Prince Nassim Hamed, and I remember uh, this when I was about four. But he was, because I've always seen boxing on TV. But he was the first boxer I saw that just made me pause and watch and just smile and laugh. Like, what is this? Oh, he was doing crazy shit. Yeah. Just because the yeah. way he moved, and guys have always, I've always been drawn to guys like that, like Ali, even Rashad when he was in his prime doing his thing, um, uh, Roy Jones, you know, like Pernod Whitaker, Sweet mm-hmm. Pea, like just dude, I, people forgot about Whitaker. Exactly, it slept on him. That you know, shoulder roll, I mean, he was a master at yeah. that. Before uh, we really saw it from Mayweather, Mayweather obviously has mastered it, it better than anybody. Yeah. He gets hit less than anybody that's ever lived. Yeah. You think about the fact that guy is fifty and zero, mm. and really, I mean, you think about still talks well, doesn't is not slurring, great. can but, count. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Mad Connor money. clipped him with one left hand, like real clean, and that was it. The uppercut. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he hit him with a couple other punches, but none of them were like dangerous. He rolled with them. Yeah, I rolled with everything. I fucked up in my fight because I, I, at one point after I felt his jab, I was like, you know what, I can just close the distance a little bit more. And then that's how I got this shiner right here. But the right hands, this right side's fine because I was just rolling with a lot of them. I was rolling with a lot of them. So, so you just underestimated his jab? I underestimated his head movement at first. So in the beginning, he was moving away from my jab. And then you just said, all right, drop it down. Drop it down to the chin a little bit. And I did. Um, but eventually I could adjust. I think from round two, I, f- I figured out the range. But his jab, it wasn't as powerful as I want, as I assumed it would be so I thought oh I can just take and give and that's how I got the shine I ran mm. into one of them but yeah it was a big mistake silly mistake so uh, on the same card Uriah Hall fought Paulo Costa oh, yeah. that's uh, a lot of people are thinking that might be the next fight for you I told Dana uh-huh. funny story so we went to um, I, after my fight I chilled in my hotel room just hung out with my boys but then after Dan's fight we went out and um, someone told me, oh, Dana's in this club. He's the same. I was like, oh, cool. That's whatever. And when I got some money, and I was talking to the guy that led me. And then, because he found out I'm a UFC fighter, he just led me to the private room. And I see McMahon. I'm like, what the hell? And then we just start yarning, and I'm talking to people. And he's like, I'll introduce you to Dana. And I finally meet Dana properly, and we start talking. And I dropped his name in there. I said, yeah, I want to fight Paula next. And he's like, mm. they have other ideas. You know, fair enough. But I can, they've done this a long time. They're promoters, you know. So I think what they want is, me, you know, being a bigger name, Paul being a bigger name, and we fight like in some super fight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, and I can see what that you know why that. But for me, I wanna I wanna take him out now. <laughs> he just knocked out Riara Hall, yeah. who was talking mad shit as well. You know, but yeah, I wanna take him out now before because he's gonna he, we'll probably fight again. We'll probably fight more than once because he's he's in one of those. Guys, well, we'll see what happens. How long is a UFC career last? But I think he'll probably fight. Me and him will probably fight more than once. Yeah, I would imagine that as well. I was very impressed with him mm. versus Uriah Hall. It was interesting because the contrast between your fight on Friday night and his mm. fight on Saturday night. That I mean, was just a brawl, like a technical brawl. Mm-hmm. Mm. He got hit with a lot of jabs, but he is a relentless, marauding yeah. motherfucker. That guy's he's very he aggressive. Yeah. yeah, and this thing's free footwork. Uriah Hall, I was watching him. Like, Why are you right there? It's easy to look good against someone who just sits right there like a punching bag, you know? Uriah um, had... F- 
tremendous potential mm. when we saw him in the Ultimate Fighter. We all but, saw it, but it also might be similar to what you were talking about with Sage Northcutt, mm. where who I also think is tr still has tremendous potential and still yeah. very young. Yeah. I think there's an approach to take that you took that I think is really smart. You know where I got it from? One of the talk shows, UFC talk shows. Kenny Florin just said it. He said, um, "Get your experience outside the UFC before you come in the UFC." Wise Get, like, words. Ten fights, nine mm -hmm. fights, and just like fight a lot of good guys not just like you know listen to me man bums. you don't want to fight you on your second mm -hmm. fight no. right yeah, imagine no. imagine you're a guy you can throw yeah. a couple of good punches you think you're a badass and uh. then your stupid coach says okay you're gonna fight this guy they call him the style bender like, like oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll fuck up and do anybody, yeah. bro. I'll fight anybody. I'll fight for the title. It's my mentality. Yeah, those guys, they yeah. get lit up, and they don't understand. Mm. They really don't understand. Jump I in the pool too quick. conversation with a friend of mine who was a jiu-jitsu. He was badass jiu-jitsu. And he mm. said um, he was going to uh, go into MMA. And I'm like, okay, how long have you been training striking? And he's like, well, you know, he goes, for the last four months, pretty regularly. Four months. I go, are you out of your fucking mind? I go, yeah. listen to me, man. He was a black belt in jiu-jitsu, like yeah. nasty on the ground. I go, think about what you could do. If I was a white belt and I came in here and I didn't know shit and I was like a strong guy, maybe, uh, you know, played basketball or something like that. I was just yeah. athletic and I tried to fight you. How bad would you fuck me up on the ground? Right now, think of someone doing the exact same thing like that to you with stand-up because mm. you don't understand that there are guys who can do that there's to you. To there's this. Tyrone Spong, there's yeah. you, there's these high-level kickboxers that you don't have a chance. You no. think you have a chance because you're fast. Yeah. You don't have a chance. You're gonna get hit. And you're gonna get fucked up and you're gonna get hit multiple times. And they're gonna chip away at you until they decide to move in for the kill and then they're gonna mm. fuck you up. And there's not over. a damn thing you could do about it. And it's almost the same as him grabbing a white belt, letting him flail around and then eventually choking him. It's an inevitable mm. thing. But the weird thing is some people don't see that. They don't see that someone could do to them in a certain art that they don't study. Objectivity. What, yeah, That's the thing. Like For me, I'm always thinking like in anything, why am I doing this? Right. Why am I feeling this way? Right, right, right. And that's why I said I moved to MMA because I just know I want to be the best. You know, I could have been the best kickboxer ever. I could have been the best boxer as well. But I just thought... In my no one there's a guy who could fuck you up exactly. in an MMA fight. Right? No, just on the ground. I've seen so many street fights. Yeah. So many street fights. I'm like, dude, okay, just push your knee down. And they're like, just holding yeah. each other and just hitting, hitting. I'm like, you can easily just choke the guy right now if you knew what you were doing. So that's what makes a champion. Eighty percent of street fights end up on the ground, and people don't know what they're doing. So I just felt like I never want to be in a situation where a guy like gets me in an alleyway and tries to like fuck me up and just snap my ankle or some shit. But I just feel like I want to be able to be well versed. Take care of all areas. And I'll probably never get there, but I'll die trying. Well, how old are you now? 28. I'll be 29 Dude. in a few years. You're oh, still literally, yeah. you're still at least a year away or two years away from your supposed physical prime, yeah. right? An athlete, they, they say that for a professional athlete, I mean, obviously they say, what is yeah. that? Everybody's different. Very, yeah, variables. But there's something around age 30 to 32 where mm. your mind and body catch up and you have a window there. Like Anderson Silva when he was like 30 to 32. Mm. Woo! He's going. I remember that. Oh! Uh, longest reign. You would watch him and just like put your hands to your head and go, geez. The first one I saw live was UFC 90. Uh, he fought Patrick Cote. Oh, that was an just, interesting one. Yeah, nah, but like for me, that first very round. very smart. But that first round, he used like probably seven different styles to just hit him. And then I keep saying he uses telekinesis on his knee. He just blowed it out. But like Patrick had a fucked up knee going into that fight, I think. Already. It's yeah. hard, hard to tell, but yeah. it just seemed like it gave out. It was out. a good fight. It was a good yeah. fight. Okay, he just stood on it and just like, ah, yeah. fucked up. I think but he like, went to like throw a front kick and it just buckled on him shit. and popped out. Yeah. No, but like that fight, that first round, the way he just handled him, I was like, that.
Yeah. That's the guy. You know what? It, it really did open up the recipe to giving Anderson trouble, though, because mm. the recipe to giving Anderson trouble, Talos Latis opened it up, and so Demi did Maya. Patrick Cote. No, but, but the real key was don't engage. Mm. Because if you chase Way after back. him, he's going to fuck you up. Like, think like Forrest Griffin, all these different people that came at him. Uh, for sure, Chris Lieben. Mm. That was oh, the first one, 90 that seconds. That was the recipe for disaster. Yeah. I mean, I knew when I saw that fight on paper, I was like, oh, this is crazy. Like, you got a guy who's like the most reckless, iron chinned marauder in the UFC, and you're putting up a, him against a guy who's like a ninja. Mm. And this is going to be crazy. And this is a perfect fight. It was yeah. a perfect fight in terms of like you want to see like the effectiveness yeah. of like high level timing, speed, and perfect technique. Like woo! Yeah, no, and the way he did it as well was clean. I think Ooh. he only got hit once that fight. He landed like hundred percent of his shots. Yeah, in that fight. Yeah, it was beautiful. It's crazy. Bro. And that's how I started. I, I was a counter striker at first. That's when I started. I was always like, I wait for guys to come in. Here, here it is, right here. Yeah, I remember that. calling this. And I remember oh, telling shit. people because I was afraid. <laughs> I was a fan of Anderson's from. Look at that Watching bounce. him fight in England. Look at that jab. Oh. I was a fan of watching him fight in England in Cage Rage and watching him fight in Pride. And I, I remember saying this, ladies and gentlemen, this is a different kind of striker. Mm. Like this is this is one of the first times you got a high level. Look, look at the soup. looks he's giving him as well. The shoulder feints and the lightness frames, of his feet, man. The bounce, lightness, that bounce he's on. People forget, man. Look how good he is. Ping. He's already he's over. Yeah, ping, boom, ping. Boom, boom. Look at that. Come uh, on, son. Wait for him to get up again. Yeah, and that ping, knee. Ping, ping, Shit. ping, ping. Just this is perfect. beautiful, bro. Let me come on, man. Almost every shot lands. Boom, he's not boom, getting hit. Boom. It's incredible. Ready? Boom, and it's over. Insane. And Chris was a beast, man. He could a take beast. a shot. He could take it all the time. Oh. There was one with him. My, well, not Mike Easton. It was a guy. He rocked him. And he, as he's moving back, as he's hurt, and he drops the guy, knocks him out. Dude. Cold. Yeah, no. Chris could take a tremendous shot. Mm. He was. He had unbelievable heart. But Anderson, I feel like in that, that's my argument for Anderson being the GOAT. Yeah. It's There's moments that he, he had. Oh, it's him and Fedor, right? Yeah. I saw his kid the other day after my fight. I didn't wreck it. I was like, in the elevator, I was like, you're Anderson's son. He's like, yeah, I was like, uh-huh. baby goat. <laughs> ah, but the only other person is the current guy is, is yeah. Mighty Mouse. The yeah, only uh -huh. argument against Mighty Mouse is he's cleaned out division out. Mm. He doesn't have uh, a Chris Weidman, mm. you know, a guy who's trying to fuck him up. He doesn't have, like, someone who you really give a chance someone to. Someone on his level, quote, right, unquote. Right, I mean, there's never been a his situation where, like, good. Mighty Mouse... Mighty Mouse had a Chael Sonnen who had him down on points in the fourth round, fucking mm. him up, and then he catches him in a triangle. No, that flyweight. Well, no, uh, flyweight, and he dominates, man. He just runs through people. Yeah, Is he, he going to fight, um, what's his name, TJ? Cejudo. He's Cejudo fighting, next. Yeah, okay, Mighty yeah, Mouse yeah. is fighting Cejudo in a rematch, which he stopped. He's got better. Yeah. Cejudo got better in his, um, since the first fight. Yeah, so who does a, a Olympic gold medals in wrestling? Mm. That's all you need to know. And his stand up as well is clean. He's kind of improved. Oh. I'll give him. I'll give him credit. Yeah, the Wilson improved. Hayes fight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He looked I, like Machida. I like flow. Yeah, he was crazy. He was yeah. like almost like McGregor or Machida. Yeah. You know, he had that, that flow, the in stance. and out. Yeah, yeah, it was right. weird. So he can learn fast. That's another guy great at wrestling. Transfer that greatness into learning stand up, mm -hmm. and now it's just mixing them together. That's the thing. If you have to learn, like GSP did, just learning how to like mesh them together without like. You know, getting stuck or yeah. thinking too much, just flowing with it. Yeah, that's well, the key, I think. Particularly the Wilson Hayes fight because mm. it showed that he can adjust his style like pretty mm. radically. Yeah, like when he walked out like this, I remember going, "Whoa, what, what is doing? this? <laughs> this is karate, man. Yeah. This is crazy." Ah. Game credit where credit is due. Well, again, when you're a gold medalist in the Olympics in wrestling, that's mm. a special kind of human being. That's next level. It's just a special kind of human being. Even the wrestling training I do now, I'm like. 
Fuck. Sometimes <laughs> <laughs> we so, have on Wednesdays. Like, on Wednesdays, it's a VO2 Max called a Rate Wrestle Wednesday, just because it's like Airdyne and then wrestling. It's two minutes oh. on the Airdyne, going hard with the heart rate monitor, trying to get to the red zone, oh. and then wrestling for two minutes, trying to get to the red zone. And shout out to Kevin, Kevin Bentley. He's the guy that showed on me the most this camp. So, you know, the, my hips were on point because every mm. time I'd like stuff a takedown, get back up, all right, boom, another one. And I have to like, Jesus Christ, just leave me alone because he's just on you like a blanket. Like so a that, blanket. Yeah, so that kind of work is hard. So imagine being a, a gold medalist, what kind of <laughs> wrestling training it takes to get to that level. Well, that's why when you see a real high-level wrestler against almost everybody else, they have such a noted advantage in the yeah. clinch, like Daniel Cormier and Stipe Miocic this weekend. Yeah. What a, I mean, Dominic Cruz was such a... We're very fortunate to have a guy that knowledgeable mm. in in because Dominic's knowledgeable about basically everything. He started mm. out as a wrestler, but he understands MMA as good as anybody that's ever talked on the mic yeah, about MMA. He's very clued up. So when he talked about like he showed me some stuff that I hadn't caught about Daniel's uh, giving up the the underhook so that he could limp arm and then Stipe would run right into the right hand and they had really? it all timed out. Yeah. Okay, I've really broken down the fight. I was just already lit by that time and I was crazy. <laughs> I was yelling. Off my face, just like, wow. Dude, when he connected and then he hit him, I don't even know if I said anything because I remember I was going like... I thought it was going like, to be five rounds. Five it was rounds. almost like there was a deja vu moment. Yeah. Like the world just changed. Like, Holy what? fuck. Did he just knock him out? I don't know. And it was just so out? close. Like, oh! And Dead John Anik. On the ground. John Anik stands up. There's a picture, picture I put on Instagram. Yeah. That is a beautiful picture, yeah. man. Because they've been working together for so long. When John Anik stands up and, he, and DC fuck? looks at yeah. him and they're looking at each other. It's beautiful. That, look at that picture. Come on, man. Because who the fuck else is a two-time world champion in two divisions? And also a commentator yeah. currently, and a great one. Working two jobs. God, I love that yeah, guy, man. What a and good I like guy. the fact that he's chunky as well. Because yeah. he just like. Chunky's a nice way of putting well, it. No, nah, honestly, he's chunky. <laughs> <laughs> if you that know, was a girl, what would you call her? Thick. <laughs> he a thick boy. <laughs> like, he doesn't DC. give a fuck, man. This ain't even fat shaming. That's the nah. goddamn two division champion. I was talking he's to Ian, his nutrition. He says, like, 246, but he doesn't move like 246. I was like, yeah, 100%. So it's deceptive. Yeah. You look at him like. Even Mark Hunt, he's another guy like that. But last um, Saturday, the way he was moving. Well, Javier Mendez was talking about it in camp, and, and yeah. so, so was Bob Cook. They were telling me after the fight, they go, dude, yeah. at heavyweight, he's just knocking everybody out in training part. It's Y'all training must have forgot about Strike Force. How about that? They forgot yeah. about Strike Force. They forgot That's about undefeated Strike Force, fucking Grand Prix heavyweight yeah. champion. Tossing out Burnett, Woo! Bigfoot dropping him, all that kind of shit. I was yeah. like, and that was Barnett with five rounds. And he yep. wasn't even like, he was early, in, that was early in his MMA career. Yep. So I was like, you guys don't understand. So I thought it was going to be DC putting them against the fence, grinding them out for five rounds, and still beating them up, for like fucking them up, and back and forth, but knockout in the first round. That was just crazy. I don't know. Yeah. Crazy. I thought if, if DC was going to win it, what was going to happen was they were going to get into the second and third, and they were going to start getting tired, and DC's wrestling was going to take over. Yeah. I the thought it was going to go five rounds, unanimous yeah. to DC. but I felt like he had to somehow or another wear Stipe out a little bit before he gets takedowns and yeah, get him push down. push him against the fence. Yeah. I thought I, that would be the smart thing to do. But I thought it was real dangerous standing up because Stipe's knocked out Junior Dos Santos, knocked longer. out Alistair Overeem, knocked out... Fabrizio Verdun with one punch. I mean, mm. you think all the people Stipe's knocked out, you go, damn, and DC's coming up as a light heavyweight? Yeah. You know, DC Only time we ever seen DC hurt was with Rumble, right? Yeah, I well, so, John yeah. Jones, obviously. John oh, Jones' yeah, head well, kicked yeah. him and knocked oh, him out. That's knocked him out, yeah. yeah. Can't forget that. Yeah, John that's Jones too, man. capitalized brilliantly on a tendency. Yeah. You know, he knew that DC they had talked this about tendency. It. Yeah. yeah, leaning. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is that Dominic Cruz explained this to me as well, is that this is how DC prefers to set up the single. Mm. 
and that he prefers to lean, lean in on that side, lean in towards his right side, and then dive in on the single. That's his his preferred technique. Yeah. He's very strong at dragging you to the ground from that position. Mm, so agree. he has a tendency. And Everyone John does. Every, every level, even John Jones, myself. When I was watching my fight, I've only seen it once. I was after the fight, rewinding. I took about an hour and a half to finish watching it, just rewinding, playing, drinking with my friends, whatnot. Because they understand, like, I just like to be by myself and just chill. So they're just doing their own thing, and then we're just playing games. But I watch it to see what I did right, and I enjoy it. I was like, okay, this is what I did good, blah, 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 blah. But then I see, how, if I was fighting me, how would I fuck me up now? Ooh. Yeah. So I, yeah. yeah, like, and I, 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 I can it, see man. certain things. Like, okay, this is, I need to work on tendencies, certain tendencies, and change it up, confuse people, scramble them. Some of the things I was doing in that fight, I've never done in training. Because, example, elbow pads. We don't. I haven't really worn elbow pads in training, just knee pads. I was using that um, ongbak elbow to set up how to close the distance. And I was watching, I was like, where did I learn that from? I don't know. Like, you watch, I did it probably three times. I'd use the fake ongbak elbow to close the gap, and I'd gallop in and catch him with a right hand or something. But I never, like, certain, certain things like that were, were things I did good, but then... I can't really say the kind of thing do you that think, did bad. But that, yeah, don't, don't yeah. give it up. <laughs> but do you think that maybe that when you learn, it's almost like you're learning words, mm. like in these words or techniques, and then combinations or sentences, and then in like having the mastery of all these words, you just see a new sentence that you could say. Yeah, I was like, You already oh, know how nice. to throw those, obviously, yeah. even though you don't do it a lot in sparring. You just see there's something he's doing. You're like, you know what? This is what it, I'm going to this and then come in here. and Yeah, there was, like that one was nice, but there was one in my last fight before that in Arizona. Um, Sean O'Malley throws this like spin and then the head kick. Mm. And in the fight, I was like, it feels right. <laughs> Boom. First time I ever landed it. And it <laughs> caught him on the back of the head. I was like, oh, good. And I just kept on moving with it. Yeah, when Yair Rodriguez three sixty roundhouse kicked BJ Penn in the face, I was yeah. like, oh, "You got to be fucking kidding yeah. me, man!" Because I was crazy. always wondering, when are we going to see this? I've done one. I knocked, heavy, I knocked him, I knocked that. I knocked down a heavyweight with it, like a tornado kick. <laughs> and I learned that about a month and a half before. Shout out to um, David Daffit. He's the he's a Taekwondo champion from New Zealand, and he told me because I used to throw it with the right roundhouse and mm -hmm. then spin with it. And he said, "That's too much telegraphing." You're showing the guy, I'm going to kick you because he'll lean back, and then you right. come back. So he said, go southpaw and use your torso. So I'll give it away. Yeah. You throw your shoulder, your, your left shoulder from southpaw, to kind of, after a few right hands, so you kind of, I'm going to throw a right hand, and then spin. That spin right there, because, oh, yeah, Taekwondo national yeah. champion, so you know. So that spin right there mm -hmm. generates the force, and I was able to knock down the, knock down the guy with it. I never hit anybody with that. Yeah. <laughs> I hit Make the sure heavy, thing, heavy bag with that a lot. Exactly. Make sure they can't move. So yeah. I like to do it when they're against the fence or they're against the ropes. So that way they have nowhere to go or not, not as much space to, to move around. But if you're in the open, it's hard to land, land that. You know what's really uh, remarkably effective is mm -hmm. uh, that Raymond Daniels sidekick to jump spinning back yeah. kick. I can do it on the bag. Yeah, I can do it on the bag well. too. I, I definitely have did it in sparring before, but when I saw um, Rick Rufus, the, one of his first fights, mm. it was a really important fight with a Thai champion. Okay. Where he was fucking him up in the first round. We played it back because it was a really interesting moment. I think on YouTube it's labeled as the most important fight in kickboxing. Oh. And what it was was the first fight where we got to see Rick Rufus in his prime face a Thai champion. And yeah. this dude, and Rick was winning in the beginning. And one of the things that he hit him with, he did, he did that touch sidekick, spin back kick in the air. This yeah. is it. The fight that changed history. Is this uh, Lawrence Kenshin as well? 
Yeah, yes. Lawrence. Uh, that guy's a treasure. Love if, his work. Yeah, go yeah. Uh, Google him uh, or, uh, or check out yeah. his videos on YouTube. He's got so many he awesome He and Jack Slack, and I like the way they mm -hmm. kind of work off each other as well. Like, a lot of these guys, they're not really... Um, there's no competition. They're all working through, together for, for, well, for the Well, they're all very good. important. And Robin Black as well. Like yeah, all these guys. He's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> what I really love about Lawrence, though, is that you know he breaks down things and shows them in slow motion, as is Brendan Dorman and, and Jack Slack. There's a lot of these guys that do what this. What weight was that? <sighs> I don't Looks lighter. remember. Yeah. I don't remember how much Rick weighed. I know he went yeah. up to like 200 pounds, but I think he started out in the 60s or 70s okay. at the yeah. most. This tie guy's pretty thick. Check out the pants. <laughs> yeah, well, he didn't understand how to deal with the leg kicks. Yeah. Like this was this was what chewed him up. Yep. But early in the fight, I think in the first round, see this. What this is showing is how the tie starts taking over with the leg kicks. Mm. But I think in the first round, he hit him with that side kick, uh, jump spinning back kick to the face, and really hurt him. Yeah. This is uh, Lawrence's breakdown. Instead, Boom. this is this is just going to show how he lost. Yeah, yeah. See how he tried to throw that body kick checked, and he got checked. checked. Yeah. yeah. Nice four by two though. Hit him with the oh, yeah. Nice. He, he, oh, he hurt him with that left yeah, hand. Yeah, four by two. Yeah, he dropped. Oh shit. Beautiful. Yeah. No, Rick had his moments in this fight mm. for sure, and um, it showed just what a dangerous striker he was. But we didn't. We just really didn't know back then about the leg kicks. Mm. So they, interesting. The ties, they're the ones. Huh? Yeah. I felt some tie guys. Their legs. Their legs literally feel like just concrete. Yeah. You they're broken I mean? down from yeah. years. And mine are all right. Like it feels like a Stegosaurus is back. But sometimes when you feel it, it's like steel. Dude, I felt so... The first time somebody kicked me in my leg, I felt so vulnerable. Because yep. I couldn't believe how easy it was. 100%. I was, the fir my first thought was, God damn it, I have to recalibrate everything I thought about fighting. Yeah, I fought a karate guy, a Kyokushin guy, uh, on maybe two hours notice. Because my opponent decided, at the weigh-ins, he's like, I'm not fighting him. And just fought <laughs> 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 what did what you do that made nothing. him say that? I, I'm black. I was ah! just like, <laughs> <laughs> he was like, nah. And then like this guy, ah! Jamie Eads, who I fought, I think four times now. So he came over to corner one of his teammates, and he was a national Kyokushin champion. He's like, I'll fight him. Cool. Jump in the ring, and it's padded fight. Everything. Uh, yeah, two leg kicks in. I was like, whatever. I can keep going. And then by the fourth one, I remember like, ooh, okay. Don't do that again. And then from there, it was too late. That was only in the first round. He <laughs> ate my legs. He ate my legs. And I remember for about three weeks after that fight, walking was just, I didn't want to walk. Every time I'd be like, can you pass me this? Or just like crawling places. And oh. I would hate walking. But fun fact. How, many, how long? About three weeks. Maybe Ooh. two, two and a half, three weeks after that fight. And it's just, you know, your legs are dead, heavy, filled with blood, bruised. Oh. And it's just any little movement because your knees are swollen as well. Sharp pains. Oh, I hated it. Fucking hated it. How long it. did it take before you recovered? Probably, yeah, about three weeks, four weeks. I heal quick. Like, honestly, it's weird. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I don't Do you know, know why. Randy Couture, when he fought Pedro Hizzo, needed six months of rehab? Shit, six months. Six months, Damn. son. Because he still has a dent in his leg, yep, apparently, from, from that Pedro. fight. Shit. Dude, Pedro gave a dent to Kevin Randleman, too. Shit. I never saw anybody kick Thick a bag guys. like Pedro. Yeah. And, or kick a people. <laughs> <laughs> when I, but I was yeah. at Beverly Hills Jiu-Jitsu in like yeah. the, the, the mid-90s, and mm. Boss Rutten was running it back at the time, and Pedro Hizzo was over there, and Marco Huas. The dude... He had they had this big ass two hundred pound fucking heavyweight and Pedro Hizzo folded that thing. Shit. It made me so nervous. Was it hanging off the ground or was it? Yeah, touching it was hanging, it? Off, hanging the off the ground. ground. Shit. But it was just this. Boom. 
It was just yeah. a different sound. And it's, a, it's a head. I don't think maybe it's the bones. I oh, think there's just heavy bones oh, as well. He's a dense motherfucker. Yeah. He's a thick dude. Thick boy. His yeah. legs were giant, but it was there was a feeling of this very. You know, sometimes you you hear someone or you you see someone kick something or something, and you go, oh, I could never. That no one can yeah. take that. You can't take that. Pedro had that. Mm. He had that. You can't take that. He 100%. hit Rico Rodriguez once, and Rico was like, "Fuck this, I'm <laughs> no going thing. down." Check he's, out. He's like, "I just you try to bring this guy to my guard." He's like, <laughs> "Fuck you, man. I'm gonna stand yeah. up with you." He hit him so hard that Rico stayed on the outside the whole fight. He never really, he never really completely committed to trying to win the fight. Okay. It was that, just that's, too dangerous. that's a heavyweight, right? Yeah. Is the guy with um, the problem, PD problem, the wrong guy? Rico? Did Rico, Rico get popped for PEDs? Maybe. I don't There's know. There's a documentary on them. No, 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 That's no, no. You're thinking of Mark Kerr. Oh, yeah. No, Rico. No, yeah. I don't think Rico got popped ever. Nah, but Rico was a Machado Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. Okay, he was nah. a heavyweight champion. I think of an American wrestler. I think Tim Sylvia beat him for the title. Yeah. Tim Sylvia, when he was at the top of his game, he's a big giant motherfucker. Is he still fighting? No. Yeah, retired now. He's just uh, bow hunts in Iowa. <laughs> he's all giant now. Shit. He's 300 plus he's like six six foot nine he's a huge huge yeah, huge person big boy i always yeah. looked at him one thing i it was just gumby like a big guy but he could fuck people up he and could he, fuck people yeah up. and he was real, for, for for like a you know like a, like when we get a baby giraffe trying to figure out its steps mm -hmm. but he just knew how to move and how to use yeah. his gumbiness to, to his advantage well, if you go yeah. to the golden age of Tim Sylvia, mm. pull up Tim Sylvia KOs Rico Rodriguez. This yeah. is the golden age of Tim Sylvia. Back when Mexican supplements were more <laughs> easy to come by. Yeah, find if you that. know what I'm saying? <laughs> the, the drug test back then was like, they would like Pee make you cup. fill out a piece of paper. <laughs> Tell me what drugs you took. <laughs> Hey, I passed the test. I wrote zero. Yeah, <laughs> it was fucking. Everybody was on the Bro, sauce. Honestly, back man, then. with all this sub, this, um, PD kind of talk. For me, I kind of, th I thought, yeah, some people, part, you know, take steroids, whatever. But after I seen Icarus. Everyone's on steroids. Well, everyone in a lot of Bro, countries. Holy How shit! How crazy was that documentary? Holy fuck! I was just like everyone. Not, but like this, the cheaters are always going to be ahead of the. The solution the guys who are catching them so whoever's on the new shit they right. can't get caught just yet till they update their testings yeah you know what i mean so it's like i watched that and i realized if you have the team behind you and you have people who can fund it everyone's on steroids don't you think that usada they they hold their piss for a long time right don't they yeah. hold your piss for like eight years yeah. i tell them just yeah use it for research whatever yeah but i think they hold on to it just or in case new testing comes, comes out. out so they can test it again they took gold medals away from two russian cats oh, yeah. in the 2000s yeah. because they went back and with new testing found i think they found epo in their system shit yeah, it's a, a interesting thing. That documentary was amazing. It changed my, opened my eyes, and I had a piss test the next day as well. I came <laughs> to my gym. I was like, yeah, I told the guy, I've seen this. I saw this on, on the documentary last night, the, uh, the little cup they were using. So yeah, I was like, who knows who's on steroids now? And when uh, Usada came through, you know the guys that kind of like their bodies changed. Some oh, of the yeah. people dropped off radically. Yeah, quick, radically. so quick, really quick. And it's like, woo, damn, I never thought. Yeah. Like well, just, not just changed, but changed to the point where, like, you're not even the same, the same person. person. Yeah, you're like doing an impression. And guys <laughs> in their twenties doing an, an impression of who they were just a couple mm. of years ago on the sauce. Yeah, Weird. Well, hey, 
Shit's happening, man. Everyone well, they got caught up eyes. in a bad I'm snitching. loop. <laughs> I saw that thing with you and the golden snitch. <laughs> me and the, he's a man. He sent it to me. He yeah. was all excited. He texted me as well. He's laughing. He's laughing. <laughs> Nowitzki's a good guy, man. Yeah. He's just like, he's got a bad reputation from a lot of people. Like, I can be cool with him because I know me. I'm not cheating. I'm not a guy that. It's well, he never doesn't even do that me. anymore. I mean, now he's. What is his official title? It's like athletes. But those who are cheating wellness. wouldn't be hanging around him like right. the Wildwood or wouldn't be as friendly with him because they don't want him sniffing around. You know well, what I'm saying? he's there to make sure that someone doesn't cheat on you too, though. Hundred yeah. percent. I'm like, please. What's so funny? I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not mad Wikipedia. at it. What's that? It's on his Wikipedia. What does it what say? It? The golden snitch. Jeff <laughs> 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 snitch. <laughs> Jeffrey, Navi- Jeffrey John Nowitzki, the golden snitch, <laughs> is the vice president of athlete health and performance for the UFC. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah. Brendan Schaub made it. <laughs> Look what you did. <laughs> Brendan Schaub, look what you did. He coined Golden ah! snitch. <laughs> God damn, that's funny. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's well, I'm glad funny. he's around, man, honestly, because, you know, you want, I don't mind being an ambassador for the sport if it's, you know, like a clean sport. Because, yeah, back in the day, even as early as 2010, Hey, find that uh, Tim Sylvia, Tim Sylvia, Rico Rodriguez fight. It's only on Fight Pass. And I don't that's it? it? Uh, I can't find it anywhere. Damn. He sounds just like the voice of my head. I've been looking for a lot of different places. It's weird, like when you look at him talking, it's like, oh, right, because you heard him so many times. (laughs) Yeah. I know it's weird being here, right? It's weird being here for me, too, man. Believe me. Yeah. Bro, this thing freaks me out. I quit my job September 4th, 2013. Before I I, uh, quit that job, I think you were the first podcast I started listening to. Now I've got a few others, like a a whole list. But I remember having always my headphones in my ear, just one. So I could focus on the other things, and my boss would just ride me for so long, like, just take that shit out your ears. Da, 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 da. Ah. Stop listening to music. I'm like, I'm not. I'm just trying to be entertained, so I don't go postal on you niggas. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, because that it was just, you can enjoy what you do. Some people fight. I, when I was living in China, I knew a lot of guys that fought, but they didn't enjoy it. They just did it because it makes good money and they get paid. And I'm like, do something else. But for me, doing that job, holy shit, soul sucking. Every single day, you know, you wake up, train, and then it was just a block away, and I'd walk to work, and I just knew I was going to get just ridden that day, and man, but it's kind of crazy now, I'm checking in, like, I'm actually out here. <laughs> like, mm. I've, I've listened to this for so long, and it's like, yeah, I belong here now, like, it's weird, everything just seems normal. Good, good, that's yeah. perfect, that means you hit the right time, yeah. that means you've got a good sense of timing. Just like, because sometimes, I, like, even in my room, I had a nice suite for this one, shout out to the UFC. Shout and out. And there's that, that, that main event status, so I had like a nice little spot, can join the rooms with my teammates, and sometimes I'll just overlook the T-Mobile arena and just be like, hmm, okay, like, we're, like we've made it, we're out here, no, yeah. like, we're not done yet, but like. But you're there. Yeah, You're shit. in the hunt. Okay, let's yeah. go. And you're, they just kind of check back in. You're in the UFC, and yeah. now, I mean, you had to break into the top 10 with that mm. fight. I don't think the rankings have come out. Fuck rankings, man. Right. Honestly, what like, they? what are they? so stupid. You know, like, they fucked up Paul Felder. Paul Felder would have got that shot against Khabib in, well, in That Brooklyn. fight was a welterweight, so it shouldn't even affect, yeah. it shouldn't even affect the lightweight ranking. No, it shouldn't, but that. I'm not talking about that fight. I mean, Which the reason one? why Paul Felder didn't get that fight with Khabib when yeah. Tony Ferguson hurt his knee is because the Athletic Commission wouldn't recognize him. He wasn't ranked in the top 10. They wouldn't recognize him to be that able to fight. That would have been fight. a great fight. Great the fight. The fight. Our, 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 our Quinta was a fucking yeah, it was a great dope fight. fight. He and handled that well. but Paul Felder is a big fucking lightweight. Yeah. And Paul Felder has outstanding striking. That, yeah. that would be a real interesting fight. 100%. So just because of rankings, they didn't let that go just through. Just because of the rankings. Who you makes know? the rankings? That's one thing I want to know. Who decides who, who what the, like, is it like a group of them? No, but like, 
What have they done? What's their credentials? Where have, have they trained? Have they fought? Are they just like analysts? Are they experts? Because it feels like if you well, want to be instead of figuring out who did it, let's think about what you would do differently. Like what? Me. Who do you think should be? Who do you think should be making the rankings? The Fighters? rankings. Maybe ex-fighters. Ex-fighters. Or like um, someone who's been in the sport, someone who's trained. Same mm-hmm. thing like you say with judging. Someone right. who's actually like involved one, and right? understand. Oh, dude, tell me. The judging scares the shit out of me, man. After my, my second fight in the UFC, I fought in Glendale, right? It was a split decision I got. In my head, when they said, you know, Israel, uh, um, 50, whatever, oh, sorry, 39, 38, Adesanya, I was like, oh, fuck, God, just don't, because my win bonus. I don't give right. a fuck about my record. I'm just like, don't fuck me out of my money. Don't fuck with my money. Like, one other incompetent judge, and that would have been it. Yep. yep. Done. Yep. Only half my money. Yeah. And that would have pissed me off. Ooh, so crazy. So I was like, what have you done? to Like, how the fuck did I lose that fight in your eyes? It I is one the of guy. the biggest problems the athletic commissions have. Can't they just, like, it seems like it's too much work. Like, shouldn't it just be, like, maybe a group chat? Like, okay, let's change the 12 to 6 elbow. Who's agree? Yep, 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 yep. Cool. Oh. That's like that's a no brainer. That one's the dumbest one of all time. But like it's what is it why it takes so long to try and make right. any change in the sport. For years. Well, how about the weight classes? Jesus. You know, Kevin uh Kevin Lee tweeted the other day that there's something like a hundred and fifty different fighters in between one fifty five and one seventy. Or I think he said more than that. I think you hear it's what more Michael Chiesa said? What did he say? About him almost dying. Felt like he was gonna die when he was yeah. cutting weight. Well definitely don't and fight he said at one fifty five, but he, That's he scary for a guy to say that. It is scary. Mm. He should be probably fighting at 170 He wants anyway. a 165 class, I read on that tweet. Well, it's a good class. Yeah. It should be 55, 65, 75, 85, 95, 225, I can do 185 and 195. If that was, yeah. I'll take that. Though I'd be jumping between those yeah, two. Yeah, why not? I mean, yeah. that, that's doable. Yeah, I think the real problem is you give guys like eighty-five, two hundred five. That's twenty fucking pounds, mm. man. That's a lot of weight. Yeah, I walk around two hundred five if I'm healthy. <laughs> like, yeah. if, I'm, if I'm DC'd out. Well, that's good. Mm. That's a good amount of weight to cut. Like, yeah. I bet when you get real lean, you probably lose like six, seven, and you're only losing really cutting like what ten, this, ten, thirteen. This camp, I didn't use a sauna. I didn't use a bath for this fight. Nice. Normally, like the last two, I did, and I was underweight. Just and I would only cut a little bit as well. But this one, I woke up on weight. Do you use an expert to help you, like a Lockhart or something? Uh, like that? I'm gonna maybe for the fight week use Lockhart next time, maybe. But like normally, I just I, I've done this for a long time, so I'm, I know my body, and I, I'm always mm-hmm. accurate as well. I can feel like I'm about 98 kg or oh, 93 kg today. I'm about 85 kgs right and now. And what about tell. rehydration? Do you? Yep, Lockhart method, the old one. Um, there's a whole system like with the waxy maze, amino acids. Eating pineapples with crackers and honey and whatnot. So I follow the list and my why, coach. Why pineapples with cracker and honey? Um, I don't know. It's on the list. It's a Lockhart one. It's uh, huh. yeah. I so eat. it's like carbohydrates from the crackers and the honey. Talking and- to the wrong guy. Huh. <laughs> I would know all that kind of stuff. Like for me, I just that's the thing. I have guys like my my coach Eugene who knows why, you know, mm-hmm. and he'll just tell me do this and I trust him. Right. Yeah. But it's a, I know it's a Lockhart method and they've updated it because I talked to Ian. And he said that was the old one. I sent it to him, and he said they've updated it. So I said, oh. okay, next time probably I'll use them to for the fight week weight cut and then the rehydration. I'll What's try the, the new one. The toughest you've ever cut? Like how how heavy mm, have you ever gotten? Let me go back. Go back. Uh, this is probably early on in my career. No, actually, there was one in China where I fucked up. I was fucking around um, at the buffet or something. Maybe like the fight week, you know. And then I think I cut four kgs in the sauna. It was easy. On the last one, but before that, I was just like mentally sitting there, like shit, never again. 
I'm never doing this again. And mm. I start to like visualize the fight, like I'm gonna make this guy pay. And I start to get delusional and delirious. But yeah, four kgs is not bad. I've heard worse. I've heard like yeah. six kgs in a, in a sauna, and that's a lot on like someone who's not even that fat or that not not not, not that. What much is that? Fat. 13, 14 pounds? How I keep using kgs. Damn it. That's okay. I know pounds. What is uh, <laughs> How many pounds is that? Fourteen. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. Thirty pounds. Yeah, it's like two point two. So. Oh God, that's right. I'm going the wrong way. I'm going the wrong way. Here's the pineapple thing. Oh, here it is. As you get closer to the actual weigh-ins, we cut back on the fat and start incorporating frozen fruits. Mm. Interesting. Something I use a lot is pineapple. The reason is dietary fiber will hold water. If I put a bunch of water into a bowl and lettuce, lettuce is brown and wilted, the next day will absorb the water via osmosis and be good lettuce again. Whoa, I didn't mm. know that. When you guys are near the end of your weight cut, they are cutting back on how much water they take in so they don't have to worry about the body absorbing the water. That means we can give them fruit, the fruit which is going to help them fuel the brain. Interesting. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, that. Interesting. <laughs> huh. Now, what kind of shit do you eat? Like, are you Me. on a very specific diet? or I see food and I eat it. I like food. I'm hungry. Dude, of course. Must my be. Be the best thing is, like, for me, it's weird. When you're not allowed it, you want it more. Of course. Yeah, like the like, like fight week when I get here, and I start to, like, crave just the good stuff. And I go on these Instagram pages, like, Tasty, and I mm -hmm. just watch and I save it. And I write down what I'm going to get when I get back home. And, mm. man, it's like food porn for real. Yeah. And you get hot just thinking about Woo. it. Like, oh, my God. And then after the fight, once it's time to weigh in, I'm good. And I'm just like, all right, eat healthy, get it done. I don't like pig out. Like Even on the the one I get, I got from Lockhart, it says do not eat pasta until after the fight. Because apparently that can slow no you pasta. down. No pasta. No pasta. In capital letters, do not what eat pasta. What about like maybe a quinoa pasta or lentil pasta? Does that that's, count? That would be better. I think just Sprouted like regular. Grains. Yeah. I think just like maybe pastry pasta, that like, kind of stuff. You, you ever have want. that Ezekiel pasta? Not yet. I like that shit. One thing. Do you have any elk? Yes, sir. Yeah, can How I long get, are you here for? I uh, got a spot till Thursday. Just can I, Do you have yeah. a place where you can cook? Yes. Oh, dude, yeah. I got you. I got you. I got freezers back yeah, there. Okay. Definitely. The Appreciate easiest it. thing I'll give you is I'll give you some elk sausage. That's the easiest to cook. Yeah, easy. And uh, yeah. I'll give you some directions, and I'll give you elk steak. Okay. And give you a direction. Do you what? have access to like a, a like some sort of a... A grill with a lid on it. We can get it. Yeah. Temperature control grill. Like a barbecue grill. Yeah. Yeah. We got one. Just at the as long spot. as you get, you just want to make sure, you, and you got to get a digital thermometer. You yeah. want to make sure the meat stays somewhere a temperature. under. Yeah. You don't want to keep it. Yeah. You want, you don't want, definitely don't want to cook it past 120 degrees. Easy. And I can once, follow instructions. Okay. Well, I'm coachable. I'm coachable. I know you are. You must be. <laughs> what you know, you can't learn on your own. Yeah. You, 100%. you know, both. Are, the thing about a guy like you that's interesting to me is like, it's very obvious that you had very good technical training, but then mm. you deviated mm. and you figured out your own creative path. And something you said earlier, which I think is really important, mm. and it's a good thing to hear for people who don't really understand martial arts, is what you do really is an art. Mm. I mean, you're expressing yourself. You know, there's something. I've always been. And for a person like me, who's a fan of that martial art, and I understand what you're doing, I watch it, and I, I'm, I'm appreciating it. It's like I'm watching mm. ballet or, yeah. or, or a symphony. I'm watching art. I'm like, oh, look how he set up. There was one mm. time when you trapped his, he trapped his Ooh. wrist <laughs> and cracked him with an elbow. And I just you know what that is? Is that's like almost like NLP. Because some people are used to things coming at them at a certain speed. Mm -hmm. So what I did, like, he had his guard up, and I was just like, just give me a hand. <laughs> and I just hit him Dude. with it. So, like, he he, yeah. he gave, you watch it, he kind of, right. like, just. 
Well, he thought you were going at a slow speed. Yeah, and like sped NLP, it up because I'm used. To, you know, he's used to the fast thing yeah. coming out of him. And I was like, oh, just give me your head. Well, that's the change up in baseball. Yeah, they throw a slow pitch, and you're like, what is this? And you whiff it, and you're like, fuck, how did I miss that? Because oh, you were okay. expecting a ball to be so fast. I've heard the term before, but yeah. I never. I don't that's know. That's a change up. Is the change up. So if a guy throws like a 98 mile an hour fastball, yeah. but all of a sudden he throws one that's like a fraction of that. Yeah. I don't know what fraction. So it's swing too quick. It's swing too quick or something. Yeah, they swing too quick. What would be a change up pitch? Like how much slower would it be? 20 or 30 miles an hour slower. So like yeah, yeah. So it fucks slower. your head up, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're expecting that ball to come. Zip. You yeah. see him throw it. You're like, yeah. And, and then you miss. see, fuck, it hasn't even gotten here yet. <laughs> deception. That's what it yeah, is, bro. It is My deception. game is just deception. Well, the I like question the mark kick is the ultimate deception. I got a few more. Oh. That's just the basic one I use, but I got a. I tried one on him. You might catch it. It was a change up from a left kick to a front teep. But mm. it just went right there. Here it there is, right it there. Slipped, it slipped. Here we see the highlight. Boom. Ooh, that was pretty. You know, another one that you see Wonderboy likes to use is yeah. that front leg sidekick, front leg roundhouse kick combination. Yeah. He comes in, touches you with a front leg sidekick, and then saw swap. Boom. Yeah. <clears throat> Raymond Daniels, though, has the prettiest version of that. Yeah. Jumping sidekick, spinning back kick to the face that he did in glory. Like, yeah, geez. that was sick. Made that guy do the splits. Woo! Damn, that was when you nice. see a guy who can do that in a kickboxing match mm. at a very high level, that's when you realize, like, whoa, this guy, like, you can't give him any room. Yeah, 100%. Well, he likes space. Joseph Valtellini and Nicky Holtzkin, when they fought him, that pressure. was really interesting. Yeah. Constant pressure and leg kicks. Chopping that leg, chopping that leg, chopping that leg. Yeah. You know, but what I like about your style is you basically do both of those things. Mm. You do the wild, crazy shit, but you also do technical Muay Thai. This is what I mean about, I kept on saying about Uriah Hall being a, bu a button basher. Like, you know when you play Tekken and you just kind of like play, you hope something cool <laughs> happens? That's what he does. And I'm like, establish mm. your basics first. Establish your foundation. Land your jab. He did it in this last fight, but like normally establish something first and then the, the the cool shit comes afterwards you can't just like and he's he's had success with it, knocked out Gegard with the spinning um, jumping spinning back kick mm -hmm. you know but like I think you'd have better success at landing those things if you establish your basics first land your jab set the pace well he was landing a lot of jabs in that fight in but that last Paulo one, yeah. Costa was just constant yeah, pressure. relentless with his pressure yeah I think I, I called it two minutes before it happened I was I told Ash uh, um, my uh, friend of mine was like He's, he's fading. He's going to go soon. He's going soon. Mm. You can just see it when he starts to like. And I, maybe because I, I see it, that's what I look for in a guy. Or they tell me, like, I'm ready to go. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll help you out. I just take him <laughs> out. You can just find it. Like, you look in their eyes well, or you, you feel see? them. Like, you when you feel, see a guy who's starting to crack. You feel them. Uh, you feel them wilt? Yeah, you feel. You, it's a, feel it's an energy. It's an energy. Like, right. They're you not just as see dangerous. Them. Yeah, and he's okay. He's ready to go. Like example, my first fight. Shout out to Rob Wilkinson. I actually brought him in just to help me out, not for this camp, just but for his wrestling pressure. Rob Wilkinson. He's a good guy. He's my first UFC fight. But when I was fighting him, it was in the second round after his last takedown attempt, and then I like stuffed his head, got my leg out, and I skipped back to the middle, and I saw him walk back like circle, and then, and just the body language. I was like, oh, you're ready. And I throw my hands up like, what's up? And then pop, knee, boom, and I just kind of like. Just pick them apart slowly. I didn't rush it. Like, I keep telling, I don't rush these knockouts. Like, a lot of people are like, oh, he hurt Brad about three times, but, you know, he didn't go for the finish. I'm like, I'm not trying to bum rush these dudes. I just pick them apart. They will fall eventually. Well, not know? only that, you, what, here's something to consider for people that mm. don't, uh, no, don't really totally understand what you're doing. Mm. You're doing everything correctly. You're not really mm. getting hit much. Yeah. You're doing everything correctly, and by doing everything correctly, you're kind of ensuring to continue your, your domination in that fight versus put yourself in danger, mm. which some people like. Mm. Some people like, I, I just I like, like to bite down on my mouthpiece and bang. I love me a Justin Gaethje, Michael Johnson. Yeah. 
Yes. But I'm it's not going to be watch. that guy. I'm not yeah. going to be that guy because exactly. I'm not here for a long time. I'm here for a good time. I just want to keep my wits about me. Yeah. Fight. Like Mayweather, get in, get out, make your money and fuck off. That's what I want to do. You're fighting correctly yeah. in, in terms of like if you're trying to teach someone how to hit and not get hit, you're yeah. fighting correctly. Facts. But in order to push further, if you were trying to make it more exciting and engage more, you have to risk getting hit. Yeah. And that's not a wise thing to do. I take risks. I like to take risks in the, in the, when I play with my distance. Like, okay, am I too close? Am I too far? And I... Before I take those risks, I calculate. I know what he's going to do already. I'm like, I, I can bait them with something. Like, if I want them to jab, now get closer. And when he jabs, I slip and rip. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you just, I take risks, but I calculate my risk. And sometimes I might do some wild shit like that in a Nari roll. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I fucked up on that one because it was a little bit slippery. And I, uh, I, I landed in training. I've, I've, I catch it all the time, but I didn't account for the, the, the sweat on his legs. And I got back up anyway. And I was like, come on. It was a good one, you know, but. It's a crazy thing to do. You're yeah. also very honest when things don't go your way. Yeah. When then things go wrong. You had a um, kickboxing fight. Was it in Glory? Yeah. No, that was the one with um, in Brazil. <laughs> in Brazil. With, uh, what's yeah. his name? Alex. Yeah. Alex that Pereira. One, yeah, right? Pereira. Yeah. Yeah. Where you lost, and mm. you were talking about what it was like to get knocked out. Yeah. For me, that's everyone's worst fear. So that for me was two first for the first time, my first back-to-back -back loss because that was just after the Glory fight, and my first knockout loss. But the loss. Glory fight. Although you lost, a lot of people thought you should have won the decision. I won the fight. You know, I, if you look at him, oh, well, I don't even base it on that. But, like, we, we both knew. Like, I hit you more than you hit me, you know? Yeah. And people were like, well, he had the pressure. He walked you down. And the commentary, being honest, was bullshit because, I mean, respect to a guy like Valtellini, but he never, he, he can't fight like me. He can't understand my style. His fight, you look at his career, he had to take time off because of, you know, trauma because that's how he fights. So he appreciates that kind of style. But... What's his name? Well, Wellness walked me down, but he really couldn't do shit. Leg kicks are supposed to slow you down. I didn't slow down. I was still dancing around him in the fifth round. I was slipping and stuff. I was fresh, you know, but yeah, that fight, I felt like I won that fight, but it's all right. So, you know, it wasn't meant to be. Everything happens the way it's supposed to happen. I wasn't supposed to get that belt, and I'm okay with it, you know? Well, the fight was the fight. Exactly. It really was just uh, the judges that people have a dispute with. The actual yeah. fight was a successful fight for you in that yeah. you did land more shots than he did. Mm. But then losing the next fight. By um, KO. And, but you talked yeah. about it online. Like you were real open about it on Instagram. Yeah. Because that's the fear. Like every fighter, like if it was just me and a guy fighting and I lost, it's like, oh, whatever. But when you put it in front of you know millions of people. That's mm -hmm. the fear. It's like, oh, shit. I don't want to look like <coughs> shit in front of all these people. What did you get hit with? Um, I was southpaw. was a, a left hook from him. And before that, first round, I, I teed him up. Second round, I rocked him. But then from that wellness fight, I let some bullshit get to me. Just online. You know, like people in your life. is not even online. People in your life is, oh, man, you, know, oh, you should have won that fight, blah, blah, blah. Guess you shouldn't leave it in the Dodgers' hands. You know, they'll say some shit right. like that, and it just yeah. seeps into you. So when I heard him in that second round, I just went berserk. What people expect me to do, what people in the UFC do, just like I started throwing bombs and just like I was no, I was only throwing right hands. I just started only right hands at him. And I watched that fight back. I haven't watched it in a long time, but when I watched it back, I was like, "Why are you doing this?" Because that's not me. That's not me staying true to myself. What I would have done if I was, you know, being true to myself is just all right, cool. Where's the shot? Boom, pop, boom. Just pick Mix him up. Mix it up. Do what and you always do. He was hurt. He was yeah. hurt. He was out on his feet already. So it's a good story for him. You know, like he knocked me out. At the third round, after he got rocked in the second round, mm -hmm. but I mean, yeah, it was good for him. But hey, if we fight again, because even after my first my UFC debut, he put like a, a contract up, like he's coming to the UFC as well. I'm like, all right, make your way up. I'll fuck him up, hundred percent.
he's a very good kickboxer too. Yeah. I mean, he it's not there's twice. no shame That's in the thing. losing he, to that no, guy. He's beat me twice, and the first time as well was another weird. You know, he's walking forward, and, you know, not landing shots, but I'm moving back and hitting him the whole time. And the judges gave it to him. So I was like, all right, credit to you. You got the fight, but I'll fight you again. So if he makes his way to the UFC, he can get it anytime. Is he trying to fight MMA now? or is he? I think he has, he's had MMA fights. He's had MMA fights. But a lot of kickboxers, like I said, my boy Brad, even he realizes, like, MMA is where it's at. You know, the yeah. UFC, they see the way. Best run company I've ever, like, come across. I fall around the world, fought for glory, fought in China. No one runs the show like the UFC. Like everything has a place and a time, and it's just so clean. And you get your money quick. That's one thing I like about the UFC as well. <laughs> Fuck, it's a well-oiled uh, machine. Definitely. You know? I yeah. mean, they've they've been running it that way since 2002, and now the new organization is basically most of the old organization. Yeah, yeah. It's nice to work for, man. I still mm. enjoy it after all yeah. these years. Like When's your last... next one. The next one's in LA, right? Yep, next right, one right is here. next, TJ versus Cody, yeah, the rematch. Yeah, sick fight. Woo. I can't wait. Oh, fuck. That's a, that first fight. Uh, Do you feel like after the uh, the last Robert Whitaker, uh, Yoel Romero fight that your weight class is kind of in this weird state? I mean... Um, what do you mean? Well, it, it's Whitaker won the mm -hmm. fight. Um, but a lot of people thought Romero might have gotten the nod because he knocked him down and hurt him, and then he hurt him again in the next round. A lot of people thought, at the very least, it was a draw. Mm. Because if you look at it on paper, Whitaker never really hurt Romero, but Romero did significantly hurt, hurt him. Whitaker twice. Yeah. And, you know, he came off of knocking out Rockhold, but then again, he didn't miss weight, so that kind of puts it That's in turmoil, too. That's for me. I, was, too. I don't really care. As long as I think he's moving up. I think, he? I think he said he's going to go to light heavyweight. Yeah, I think that's the, the most recent uh, How tall statement. is he? How tall is he? Like he's not he's, that tall. Yeah. Dude, that guy is built like a brick yeah. shit house. He looks like an action figure. When he came in tall. here, when he came in here to do a podcast, oh, yeah, he in did between, too. while I was in camp, you know, yeah. and he, him and Joey Diaz translated and shit, yeah. I was looking, I'm like, he's 230 pounds. He's yeah. fucking huge. How's he going to make 185? That's how he I felt when so I first big. met Anthony Johnson. I was like, yeah. what? how the fuck? <laughs> how the fuck did he make 170? Dude, I was like, literally, I saw him. He's just like a thick burger like Dude. huge and he you don't want I, he hit me once i think when we was sparring only once like a clean one and i was like i'm not getting hit by that again and that was it <laughs> so dangerous yeah 100 percent. it was good work i enjoyed the work we got together but definitely you don't want to get hit spar or will he yep. spar light with you no he because no. I'm, I'm i was the guy that brought in for him to mess up but right yeah, yeah. it wasn't i didn't let it happen <laughs> i was making sure like nah stay away from that that there's one he teeped me and I went from one side of the cage to the other. He hit me. You know that teep he does? Like the side teep he just pushes right, you? Right, like an elliptical? Yeah, or exactly. A, yeah, that oblique. one, yeah. Oblique yeah. kick, yeah. And he just did. And I went, hit the fence on the other side. I was like, yep, he's a big boy. And I was <laughs> I was probably maybe 90 cages at the time, so that was about 200 pounds. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, he's a, he's a motherfucker. You don't want to spar him. Yeah, to get down to 205 is a bit of a struggle, which is just so crazy. Look at me wrong. I, I, I gave, hey, he got his licks as well. It, wasn't, it was back oh, and forth. Sure. Yeah, 100%. But it was, it was good work. How did he make 170? I have no idea. I saw him in between fights mm. at 170, and he was 230 pounds. I was like, what do you weigh? You see like, him now? You see him on Instagram? He's huge. Yeah. He's I saw him like a couple weeks ago. It's just like Well, he he's said if he's going to come back, he's going to come back as a heavyweight. Perfect. Dude. Mm. He's and he already been a heavyweight. He's been fucking do the heavyweight. He just couldn't answer the, the, the puzzle that was DC. DC yeah. is the one who really had him figured out. Yeah. DC just figured him out, man. DC just knew how to break him. I think it's just the gas tank as well. Sometimes, like he he puts his foot on the gas too quick, mm -hmm. and also learning how to uh, not be conservative but manage your gas tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot well, of he would just know. he would just swing for the fucking bleachers, and That's most what I of the mean. time when he did that, he would just put guys in a coma. Mm. You know, and I just think 
at a certain point in time, you know. He was on the tear. He was that motherfucker. Oh, <laughs> dude, he was that motherfucker for a long time. Man. Like, that one was the one he had with Glover Teixeira. That didn't look like much. No. The uppercut, it didn't look like much. And it was in the middle of a, like a scramble. Like They were just working and then. Dude, it was boom, amazing. When he, when he hit off. him with that, I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. He had ridiculous punching power. Yeah. Like some of the most ridiculous punching power. Guys like seen. that, Mark Hunt, him, uh, who's another one? Rampage had that as well. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't understand. It's, Chuck it's, it's, did it's, it's back something. In the day. It's, and Chuck, what I liked that he had it was because he was long as well. He wasn't mm-hmm. really a thick guy, but I think it's his levers, yeah. his arms. He just knew how to whip that. Uh, I, they, what are they fighting? He and Tito. I don't know, man, but there's a video of Chuck working out. He's working out with Ray Seffo. Yeah, yeah I saw you that. See that? Yeah. Everybody was like, ooh. Shit. Maybe I, I'll give him credit, benefit of the doubt, because I'm like, okay, maybe he hasn't hit pads in a while. Let's see, maybe three weeks from now, when four are they weeks fighting? from now. I have no idea. Young Jamie, pull that up. <laughs> I would think that. If, you want I to say, say that, that. right? <laughs> <laughs> it feels good. Yeah, it but feels uh, good. Uh, yeah, maybe four weeks. Let's see if he if he keeps the training up. He might. It's like riding a bike. He didn't mm-hmm. look like Chuck of old, obviously, because we have something to compare it to. But he, you know, he just. He's not going to be like that either way, but let's see if he can get better from what that was on, on Instagram. But also, see. he's a 49-year-old guy, yeah. and he's probably warming up. Yeah, that's what I mean. He's, uh, he hopefully, probably that was just, yeah. him, just him just throwing Feeling it, out. getting loose, yeah. and then maybe three rounds in. He Do you still spar? Really, no. Oh, real? No. no. Just chill. Do you roll? I roll, but I'm yeah. 50 years old. I can't fuck get off, hit in the real. head. Yeah, yeah, fuck off. For real. Uh. <laughs> I can't get hit in the, the head black anymore. black don't crack. <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah, I'm old enough yeah. to not be uh, willing to get hit in the head anymore. Yeah, I, when I, I stopped when I was probably 28, 29. When I first moved to L.A., I still did some kickboxing. Yeah. I went to Benny the Jet Center in uh, Van Nuys. I, Remember Benny Arquidez? Uh, I know the, Benny the Jet. Original OG kickboxers. Yeah. And him and Blinky Rodriguez had uh, the Jet Center in Van Nuys. And for me, there was two things that I wanted to do when I came to California. One, I wanted to go to Hard Times Billiards because Hard Times in Bellflower, California pool. pool yeah, yeah, it's okay. one of the legendary pool halls in the country. Yeah. And two, I wanted to go to the Jet Center in Van Nuys and I went there, dude, and it was all like gang members. Yeah. And Blinky Rodriguez had like a program where he would uh, let these gang members in and you know have them all take classes so you'd be sparring with like hard to- hardcore gangbangers. Yeah. They had like, one dude had uh-huh. this like really shitty tattoo on his back <laughs> with his gang. Yeah. I forget the name and then it said fuck the rest on his back <laughs> and we're both putting our mouthpieces i'm like jesus what am i doing yeah. i grew up in the suburbs it kind of <laughs> happens though Ga- like gang activity kind of like just seeps its way into fight they find their way into fight culture somehow yeah it's well part blinky of i believe blinky rodriguez lost his son to gang violence oh real yeah so, so is that why he did he that? had an open up program where he was I letting see. kids into the gym and trying yeah. to help the community yeah, and help yeah, these yeah. kids I-, I-, I apologize if i got that wrong but i think yeah. i got that right please look that up Blinky Rodriguez's son yeah. dies in gang violence. I'm pretty sure that's true. Blinky Rodriguez was a famous kickboxer, too. He knocked mm. out Jean-Yves Theriot when Jean-Yves Theriot was like the PKA champion, one of the most feared guys in the world. It's that point karate, isn't it? No, no, no. It was PKA karate with kickboxing, okay. but it was above the waist like Rick Rufus style. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jean-Yves Theriot, is, this, is that true, that he did lose his son to gang violence? Yeah. Mm. Jean-Yves Theriot fought. See if you could find Blinky Rodriguez. K.O.'s Jean-Yves Theriot, and Theriot is T-H-E-R. I forget all the rest of the way to spell his name, but he was the man in kickboxing in, like, the 80s. Yeah, because he was, was before he had, my time. <laughs> he had pretty decent kicks, nothing special, yeah. but ridiculous knockout power in his punches. What was his hands like, boxing? Boxing, yeah. Nice. But okay. Blinky Rodriguez caught him with a left hook and 
starched them. Shit. And that was always like one of Blinky. Here it is right here. They're fighting. This is like one of Blinky's claims to fame. Throwback. Yeah, I mean, this is... Which one's Blinky? Blinky is the guy in the blue shorts. The blue, all and right. And Jean-Yves Terrio was the, the tall uh, Montreal guy. Yeah. He was an interesting guy, man. He was one of the first advocates of stair running, too. He was... Okay. Yeah, he was... Uh, like he, sprints. Yeah, well, running hills and running stairs because yeah. he, fuck like, he felt like for kicking power. They're good for you, but fuck them. Fuck them, There's right? something about gravity. Oh, nice. It's well, Blinky was a karate guy. He had all kinds of crazy shit, spinning back fists and all that yeah. shit, but he had this, boom, oh, there it is, son. Yo. Blinky had a ridiculous left Stiff. hook. Stiff. Oh, at yeah. That. The arms. Watch boom. that again. Boom. That's beautiful. I like how I set that One up more as time. well. Yeah. From that low kick. Boom. 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 That's beautiful. textbook. See, that's beautiful. textbook. Beautiful. Nothing wrong with textbook. So it was an honor just to be there in Blinky's gym. Well, you were right there. Take classes on with him. Gym. This yeah, is yeah, way yeah. later. I came to uh, L.A. in 93. Yeah. So it was 93 when I was Follow here. Follow the dream. Yeah. Follow the dream. <laughs> from where? I came here from, well, Boston to New York, New York to L.A. So I started okay. coming here around 93, and I think I joined. I joined the Jet Center, but they had got damaged from the earthquake in 93, and the fucking roof, when it would rain, it would just flood Leak. the whole gym. So they had to wind up moving. <laughs> Shit. So... Glory nice days. life. No word on that fight. It's uh, booked for later this year. Which fight? The Ortiz Liddell. Oh, later this year. Yeah, just, just no word. Later in terms one. I wonder how Chuck uh, Tito looks as well. Maybe <laughs> Way see better. him hitting pads. He looks good. Mm. Look, Tito has been winning. You know, yeah. he fought recently. He beat Chael Sonnen recently. Tito is. Oh, that's uh, right. Bellator. Yeah, yeah, he's still active. He's active. Oh, yo. Yeah, I saw Tito hit pads. He still looks mm. good, man. He's still a beast. He's got a. Gang of back surgeries, though. Yeah. Knee surgeries and back surgeries. Shit. Tito's, his whole back is all surgery, man. Mm. He had, there's a crazy video of him. He's lying unconscious. They got him sedated, and the doctor has a hammer and a chisel and his, and his, his neck. Back. And his neck. Shit. And he's going like this clink, 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 putting some spacer in his neck, like fusing his neck together. Shit. Fuck that. <laughs> I'm not about that life. Dude. <laughs> that, no. that headlock life is a different yeah. life. As wrestling, because he was a mm -hmm. wrestler by um, by Dude, trade. All those wrestlers, yeah. they all wind up with like some sort of catastrophic back injury. It's just a matter of how long mm -hmm. can you hold out. You're for me now, I'm just I'm trying to be preemptive because for the longest time I kind of like just neglected all that stuff with um like Cairo physio whatnot. So now I'm like, if I want to fight at this level and be healthy, avoid injury. You got to look after yourself in that sense. What kind of strength and conditioning work do you do? Strength and conditioning. Uh, Suns uh, is a guy that does my strength and conditioning work. And thing is, I know not much about these things. Like, even when he tells me to lift, like, put some template, I never ask what the numbers are. Because if I, if I know what the numbers are, I feel like I might, I might get daunted. Like, oh, shit, I'm like, I can't lift this. And then I'll ask afterwards, like, oh, what was that deadlift? He'll be like, oh, that was uh, 180. I was like, oh, okay, cool. That's all right. But, um, yeah, I do shit like deadlift, a um, little bit of bench, a lot of band work. A lot of plyometrics, like exploding. Mm. Yeah, learning how to just fire. Like when he says go, he, is he, he's not just working the muscles. He wants to work the mind. So when it's time to explode, the mind just knows it's time right. to move. Yeah. Yeah. Like quick twitch. And do, how many days a week do you do it? Two times a week. Two times, Two times a week. A week yeah. And when you do it, on, how do you schedule your, does, does someone schedule all of your workouts or do you do it yourself? You have input. How does that work? I have input, but um, my main coach, Eugene Behrman, he's the one that schedules my workout. So he says today we're doing wrestling, yeah, tomorrow we're we doing. Have the, we have a timetable. So for each camp, we'll, we'll, we'll adjust the timetable accordingly. So for example, um, when I go back now, I'm not going to do any VO2 max, no A-lactic capacity, all that kind of stuff. No camp stuff. I want to go 
Because it's after the fight. After so the it's fight, skill yeah. work I'm, after yeah. the fight? Yeah, skill work, yeah. Just upgrade the software. But also because, um, yeah, I think I've I've done well this year. Three three fights in six months. I'm like, you know what? Take my foot off the gas a little bit. I'm just going to chill. How long will you chill yeah. for, you think? Probably till September, maybe. But in that time, I want to go back to yoga, Bikram. Because I, I, my flexibility is kind of, I felt it in this camp in the early. It took me a little bit longer to get my kicks going. Mm -hmm. and he, Eugene was teasing me, saying I'm getting old. I was like, fuck that. I still have it, but like I just think I need to get my flexibility back to where it was. When you do plyos mm -hmm. and things along those lines, do you mm -hmm. stretch heavily afterwards? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Afterwards, I should and I try to, but sometimes it just I just neglect that. I, I forget. I forget. Damn, that's yeah. kind of so important because that's yeah. the time where you really have some opportunity for stretching, really advancing your uh, range After of motion. Metrics, really. Yeah. Well, anytime well, explosive exercise, you're really tired. Your muscles are completely heated up. Or, you know, Bikram's great for that, too, because yeah. you get a lot of exhaustion of the muscles, then you have that extreme heat, and yeah. everything's super pliable. Like, I, yeah. when I go to Bikram, I can still do a full split, but yeah. if I had to do, like, a full split right now, like, uh, yeah, it'd be yeah, a little bit of a struggle. I felt the way, when, it, when after Bikram classes, I was always more loose. Yeah, like, but I could, that like, heat is something, man. Yeah. Someone can hack it, though. They need to hack it. They yeah. suck, cut the shit. Of course yeah. you can hack it. If it was between live or die, never see your family again, you or wait it. ten more minutes in the sauna. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. You I can think hack that, it. Like, even just for the first for the first session I ever did ever in Bikram, I sat there. I didn't push myself as hard, but I just sat on the mat. If maybe that pose was a little bit too much, or if I felt some type of way, but Listen, I'm African. I can handle it. That yeah. ain't bad if you can't look. The whole thing about it is adaptation. If you yeah. overrun your body right away, you're not going to recover as well. You're not going to enjoy it as much. Yeah. If you can't get through a 90 minute Bikram class, but you can do 60 minutes, then you have to sit down for 10 and then jump back in there for 10. Go. Then just do that. Exactly. Know your body. Have they even some tell you just sit down. Water. Just sit down yeah, for the first part and just feel the heat. Just try what you can. And if you can't do it, just sit down. Dude, that shit is so good for you. I know mm. Bikram's a crazy asshole. I know yeah. there's all this. <laughs> I've heard some stories. I know he's crazy. They did a HBO, uh, but here's the thing, man. Just because he's crazy doesn't mean it's effective. You can't throw out mm. the baby with the bathwater. I know that dude's nuts. But also, here's the other thing about Bikram. Although he's a great yogi and his mm. system is amazing, I don't even think he came up with that system. I think that system has existed for a long time. And like it's one of the, from India or something. Yeah. See, Google this, please. Uh, I think he lost a lawsuit based on him trying to copyright those sequences of yoga. Mm. And I think the problem is that the yoga, those moves, all those moves have existed for literally thousands of years. Who's trying to claim them? Well, he was trying to claim them in succession. So, yeah. like, say if you opened up uh, the style bender yoga class and you used all Bikram's moves. That's not a bad idea. Not bad. <laughs> I, I like, like style it. Style bender. Especially, especially <laughs> want to meet yoga girls. Hey, Holla. Sit in the back of the class. Holla. Need <coughs> <Sorry. coughs> some help. This, what, what, what he's essentially saying is that he came up with this idea to put them all in that particular order, which is a super effective order. Mm -hmm. Like, his order of, of yoga poses is an amazing order. Is it the order. same worldwide? Yep. Everywhere okay. you go. I've taken yeah. classes everywhere. It's all the I same. Because I only, I only went to one, so I thought it's the same thing for that. If you do the, well, there's, you know, there's like vinyasa, there's flow classes, which are also very interesting. Yeah. But I, and I've taken those too, but um, there's something really good about the 90-minute Bikram program. He just has it nailed. Yeah. He figured it out. But I don't even know if that was his idea. I think so there was other people that did that. He sued people. Oh, he did? Yeah. Shit. He's gangster. He's huh. so crazy. They had this... Uh, 
I mean, I don't even mean it in a good way. They had this HBO documentary where they're interviewing him, and he was talking about uh, girls saying that, uh, you know, he, he banged them and all this different thing. He goes, listen to me. He goes, there are people that would pay $1 million for one drop of my sperm. Oh. $1 million. Oh, he's wow. getting interviewed by Shit. HBO. And he's like, this, <laughs> like as if there's a bunch of people like waiting, like an auction Jeez. house filled with people. Like, Who wants three ounces? <laughs> Right yeah, here, yeah, yeah. one million dollars. We yeah. have one million dollars for one drop of sperm. Who's in? How, how old is he? What three does he drops. even look like? I'll take three drops. Uh, like what's the, what kind of specimen is he? Is he like an old type dude? Is he in shape? He's not holding it together yeah. the best. Okay, you know, like <laughs> if you and him, if you didn't see, if you're both the same skin color and yeah. you didn't see your heads. And you looked at your torsos, you would know who's who. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Right, let's put it that way. Yeah, let's put it that way. <laughs> I mean, he's like a 70-year-old guy. I mean, how long can you hang Can he in still there? make sperm? One drop of my sperm, <laughs> one million dollars. It'd be like dollars. powder. <laughs> one million dollars. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, there he is. Holla oh, at your boy. Okay. Still looking jacked. A little is that bit. him? Let me see. Go, go large on that picture. Not bad. Probably eating right. a little, few too many carbs. Yeah. Needs to get some squats or some hill runs in. But when it comes up, to sags. yoga... He's flexible as fuck and knows how to do all that shit. Doesn't look seventy. Well, you know what, man? Look, when you t let's go back to that picture again, real quick. There he does. Go back to that picture again, real quick in his underwear. The one on the art, yeah. Oh, the f one right above that, right above that. Yeah. Listen, man. Look let me at just that. be real. Gravity's as fuck. a thing. Gravity's let's a thing. Just, and let's be real as fuck. If you walk around wearing underwear like that in a yoga class, you're there to fuck. Mm. That guy's there to facts. Fuck. Mm. He's there to fuck. And if you leave a girl alone with him, he's going to touch her. He's going to pull that Indian dick out. He's going to send it home. He's going to send like, is it, what is, what's an Indian dick? As opposed to like a French dick. It out with French a flute. Dick. <laughs> comes out like a cobra. <laughs> Look at that guy. I mean, he's wearing little tiny skivvies. My man's out here. And if you're, if you're a dude and That's you commit, 70. you can't be like an amateur yoga Holy guy. Shit. Wow, look at that girl. He's That's from the Kama hips. Sutra. Yeah. Might be. Yeah. Okay. It, like, you can't have underwear like that on and not be good at yoga. Like if you're like a beginner and you yeah. fall down every time you try to do eagle pose, <laughs> they'll they'll talk to you. Hey man, yeah. why don't you put some more clothes on? <laughs> but if he walks in there with he his earns man the right bun, to flex. yeah, he's got all the right to flex, yeah. man. You know what I mean? I mean, he's fucking. It's like, I don't know. If you were a bowler, you had a yeah. bowling glove covered with rhinestones. Like you better be Michael good. Jackson glove style right. thing. Right? Yeah. Oh, that's right. the thing. Someone should do it. Someone should do yeah. it. Right? <laughs> bowling glove with rhinestones on it. What else do you do? Do you ever do gymnastics? Gymnastics? No, I dance. I, what kind of dance? You said you said me. that earlier. I, I forgot to go back. So to I started off with popping as a kid. Now I'm crump. I crump dance. That's like yeah. What's a crump dance? Crump dance is um, actually originally in L.A. It's uh really an express yeah South Central L.A. Like tie dyes and big mijo started it off. But um, I remember I watched this movie as a kid called Rise, and that's kind of what introduced it to the world. Kind of like the way Ongbak did with Muay Thai, made it more mainstream. Uh, Rise, it's spelled R. This is it right here. This is popping. This is with Pop and Pete. Uh, look up a guy called Tie Eyes. T I H. This guy's good. Yeah. Look at him go. Pop hold on and a second. This shit. Hold on, let that Wait, guy hold on. go. So this guy is from from the Electric Boogaloo. So this is how I started off. Look at him go. Back in the day. What's with um, the towel though? Seriously, are your hands that he'll sweaty? Probably, he'll probably use it with a with a move or something. <laughs> oh yeah, guess. he's a man. 
it's so strange like that people went thousands of years without these styles and then when electronic music came along people went oh the sounds nowhere. different let's move different yeah but for Can me I had this metamorphosis last year like around my birthday and then for whatever reason I just went back to dance because I felt like I had this dance you know how people get writer's block mm -hmm. I had dancer's block for like maybe six years or five years. I just couldn't create. I could dance, I could flow, but I couldn't create anything. Do you know Lomachenko studied four years of Ukrainian Ballet. Yeah, dance? I like, heard. Yeah, classical Ukrainian, Ukrainian dance. One thing I learned is muscle memory. I know dancers who have to do shows and they have to learn like 20 different sequences and that's for the whole show, like 20 different, and each sequence might be like anywhere from a minute to three minutes oh. and they have to do it like that. So yeah. when I started dancing again, when I went back to training, drilling, my, I can retain that information so much better. Like, it's muscle memory. Right. So I don't even have to think about certain moves when I do it. It just, boom. Because, oh, I remember this. It's easy. And the muscle just does, like, how do you do that? I wasn't thinking. So dancing really translates into muscle memory like that in the, in the effortless way. Like, dancers, I think, have the best, best muscle memory or maybe one of the best in the world. Well, it makes sense that mm. you are, you're learning to use your body in a choreographed way, almost like mm. a kata. You know, yeah. like, like, yeah, like I used to think katas were stupid when I was a kid. <laughs> I used to think, I really did. I used to think it was dumb. I thought they were but, cool. <laughs> but I think I they look cool when someone's doing it, but I hate learning them. I, I felt like I, I only learned them to get the next belt. But then yeah. once I learned them, I forgot them totally. But now that I think back, I realize like that was a mistake on my part because mm. what that was was I, I thought I knew better, which is hilarious. Yeah. I thought I knew better than people who learned martial arts for thousands of years. Yeah. And it's not that kata makes you a better fighter, but it ha makes you have better control of your body. Yeah. And the thing about like holding a sidekick up I'm in the air, up, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of people that just can't do that. I and can't. <laughs> I've seen like Daffith, he's like, <laughs> the guy taught me Taekwondo, like literally his dexterity in his legs, he'll on one leg, pop, 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 while yeah. moving forward, and he'll do it the other leg, uh, like all the way down, all the way back up southpaw, or for I dogs. think there's a balance, yeah. and I think the balance is between that and maybe the Thai like style. The Thai style. Yeah, I, that's what I'm trying to find. And sometimes you can go one side too much, but it's just you have to be objective enough to know. Yes. Okay, this is what I need. Yeah, this is how you know. And you feel your body. You kind of and for each each fight as well, you know what you want to use. Right. Like with him, I was gonna. I was gonna throw some spinning shit at some point, but I, 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 I did. Nick I threw, Diaz has yeah. changed what spinning shit yeah, is yeah. by saying that. Oh, we're, we're throwing, throwing spinning, spinning shit, shit now. now. I met him. I met him. Uh, what's his name? I was. Uh, it's after I saw Dana and them, so I was walking walking around with Tony. Uh, shout out to Tony Angelov, and then um, I see Jay Silver, who's the guy who used to fight. Um, he's a thick boy. He fights, I think, out of Ruka, and he just kind of recognized. Hey, what's up? And then he got me into the club, and then yeah, Nick Diaz showed. I said, like, Hey, what's up? How are you? And I just shook his hand, and that was it. And yeah, he's you know legend he's a great in the game, guy. cool he guy. He is a legend. He's still fighting. Well, he's doing whatever the fuck Nick Diaz yeah. wants to do right now. I just see him he in Las Vegas fight, all the time. <laughs> I think he's only going to fight for a. I think this is. I'm going to go out on a limb here. Yeah. I think the lack of the UFC talking Nick Diaz into a fight. I know he's crazy, and he knows he's crazy too. Mm. That is a criminal, mm. criminal underuse of a valued asset. I think if you wanted to have a giant pay-per-view right he's now. He's a big star. Fuck, he's a huge star. So mm. is his brother. Yeah. But they haven't fought in forever. Yeah. Like Nate hasn't fought since he lost to Connor right. in the, the very close back for the big, rematch. the big money fight. <laughs> well, probably. He made a ton yeah. of money, and you know he doesn't live a crazy lifestyle, and I mm. believe Nate just got a kid. Real? Yeah. I oh, think, nice. I, I think I read that on Google. Yeah. See if that's true. Nate Diaz just had a child. Either way, congratulations. Yeah. Nate. Salute. Either congratulations you had a kid or congratulations that you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mm. 
I love that dude though. Yeah. I love Nate. And I, love I love Nick the style, too. The way they fought. I, they're fun. I remember that Paul Daly fight. I watched it live, bro. Yeah, man. I don't think I sat down for Ooh. that fight. You were there live? No, no, no. no. I was on the couch. Live yeah, on TV. Well, I was standing Damn. up on the couch. That was a crazy fight. Shit. He got clipped too. He's yeah. one of the rare people that's got clipped by Paul Daly and survived. Yeah, come back and then Ooh. knocked him out. See the way Paul fell back as well. Damn, the stanky leg. It's almost like his legs just gave yeah. out. Like he's exhausted. Yeah, that's what it is. Exhaustion. Yeah. I keep saying it's easier to knock someone out when they're tired. Yeah, like that fight. Um, what's it? Brad had good cardio. He was able to take it. And I was finding it. There was one I hit him with a body shot. I think a body kick. And yeah, he went for a takedown straight away. I put I pushed him off, framed him, got him against the fence or something. But yeah, um, it's easy to get like some of these guys, you can see, he never gave me that sign like I'm ready to go. Like when they're ready to go, like I I want out. You one tell of the most you. overwhelming performances of Nick's career was against Frank Shamrock. Frank, oh, dude. That was when I was like, whoa. Just body shot. He won, He put his head on his chest and just bop, 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 bop. And that pace. was also talking shit to him. And Frank was yeah. like, really? You're talking shit to yeah, me? Yeah, I saw that interview. He was like, yeah, yeah. I couldn't believe it. It's <laughs> <laughs> <So, laughs> uh, No, nah, but honestly, like that pace, even like my first fight, it's sort of Diaz-esque in a way where it's like I didn't do it when I when I knew he was ready to go. I just all right, put a steady pace. Just put your foot on the gas a little bit, but not gas it out. Right. Just pop, 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 pop. Find the shot. Find the shot. Find the shot. Right. There's no need to like it's wasted energy. Well, you you've got a wise approach to to your well to just your overall MMA game, but in particular to your striking game. Is yeah. that you? You are one of those guys that's showing people that you can be very exciting, but mm. take minimal. There was a couple moments in that fight where Brad was charging at you, where mm. you're like, "Hup, hup, hup, here we go, and yeah. we're out the other <laughs> side." Out. Yeah, hundred percent. To me, that and is take the center. People almost, don't take the center, man. Almost as exciting as watching someone get knocked down. I, yeah. I like watching someone figure out that like here, the right hand's coming, the left hand's coming behind it. I'm mm. not there. Here I, I am. Been a queen sweep it would have been a clean sweep if one judge didn't give one round to him but i don't know which round he gave because i thought i had all five rounds after watching it so it was like judging you can't even 50 45 50 45 and then 49 46 and i was like damn that would have been cool if it was just like a 50 45 clean sweep well the the most important thing was not a judge's interpretation of it it was the yeah. actual performance yeah and, and we, people were enjoyed it they I, some people were like you know people they get caught up in knockouts a lot like oh he didn't finish brad though but a lot of people, the response was, I'd rather see that than just a quick finish because he worked the guy. He didn't get gassed. He didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't dip. I, maybe the third round I might have dipped a little bit, but I didn't look it. I had my poker face on. I was fine. I felt fresh. And I even said after my last fight before that, like, I was based on a three-round camp. The one I fought in Arizona, it was based on a three-round camp. And I looked in the camera. I was like, I can go five rounds. I told Eugene, my coach, I was like, man, I feel like I can go another two rounds easily. And this camp was based around five rounds. So after this fight, honestly, I had the reserve ready. I was like maybe three rounds. I could have gone if if I needed to. But would that, you do you ever anticipate a time where people would have more than five rounds at an MMA fight? Mm, most of the time, not anymore. Most of the time, it's totally unnecessary. Yeah, but sometimes I thought it was too long. I was like, I'm gonna get this guy in like three rounds. I thought so. I felt so. I was like, he, he, I, I don't know. Maybe that's just me bigging up myself. Mm -hmm. You know, my own ego, but. Yeah, I just felt like I would have taken him in three, two or three rounds, but five rounds, and I still look good doing it, so I was happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you yeah. see a guy like Paulo Costa, who yeah. has like this, just, I mean, he's not totally hittable, where like everything you throw, you're going to hit him, but he's mm. much more aggressive, much more he's in your face. These. You see these? <laughs> what? Short arms? Bro, I, I stood next to him. I was looking, he iced me. He's trying to act like he doesn't know who I am, and I saw interviews like, oh, I do not know that guy. It was like, dude. You know who the fuck I am now. <laughs> you know, and I said that after my first fight, because these guys want to pretend. And 
I, I don't know where it comes from. Maybe because of years of not getting noticed. So I'm like, don't try and act like... Because a lot of guys, they'll, they'll creep on my Instagram and then like see me in real life and act all high and mighty. And I'm, I'm a nice guy. I like to you know be friendly. Of course. Yeah, I like to hug people. Say what's up. At least just nod like, hey, you know what's up? I know who you are. You know who I am. But some people flex too much. So for him, yeah, he knows who I am. And his manager, what's his name? The fucking gremlin. Came, I don't know. <laughs> No, he looks like uh fucking Ariel. Was it Ariel? He looks like you know. Oh, Und- Waleed Ishmael. You know Undertaker's dude, guy. Do you know who he is? Waleed mm. is a mixed martial arts legend. He fights, dude. He fought in UFC 12. Really? Yeah, he fought uh, Takahashi. Is that who he fought? Maybe it was 13. UFC 12 or 13. Dude, he choked out Hoist Pull Gracie in a jiu-jitsu match Straight. in Rio when Hoist Gracie had just won all the UFCs and he was a fucking man. And he fought him in Rio. Waleed Ishmael, who was a crossing Gracie black belt. Watch this. He got a hold of Hoist, and this was in Brazil in a giant fucking audience. It was in a soccer stadium, I think. It was a big ass audience, and crazy. they wound up going to the ground. Scoot ahead, and Waleed no got him in a clock choke. And I remember this because oh, at the, the time, yeah, at the time, I was like maybe a maybe a blue belt, and I had tapped a guy with a clock choke. I was like, clock chokes are that shit. Yeah, and he. Uh, I remember those with the gi. <laughs> clock chokes. With a gi, I try. No I, I, I try. I tried it a little bit. I can do it when it's not sweaty, but um, with my arms because I'm I got long arms, so I can kind of get it a little bit if I if I tweak it right. And Walid had that constant Waliji. They used to call him. He had that constant pressure. Carlson Gracie top game crushing. You know where you're gonna shit out bone fragments after you <laughs> roll with them. Yeah, that was their style, man. Like, scoot ahead a little bit, and you see Walid gets that clock choke. So here, you can tell he's the guy that's like talking for. Right Paul. here, right here. He got it here. Yo. And he wound up putting Hoist to sleep. Hoist didn't Shit. even tap. Yo, he's out. Went out like he's a out. warrior. He's out. Yep. Look at that. Look he's at that out. fucking he's out. pressure. Look at everybody Shit. running onto the mat. You got to let it go. Fuck, that was well, a little bit too Well, he didn't know. Long. I mean, he yeah, was on yeah, the of course, outside. Yeah. The, no, referee. Those, the referee should have known. Yeah. I saw it was out. Yeah. He was limp. No, you're, the, you're right. Shit. But this was back. See, there's Carlson back then. This yeah. was when there was like a bit of a rivalry between Carlson Gracie and, you know. Yeah, what, I heard about that. Yeah, I mean, Hickson and Hoyce and Hoyler. And there was, there, was, there was a bit of a rivalry. He was out. He was a beast, man. So that so is he little just guy. Managing now? He's managing now. He's taking care of fighters yeah. and stuff like that, but he's a real legend. Yeah. Well, he's a beast. Oh, his spec, his spec. Yeah. But like, he's the, <laughs> like, for real. He's the guy, he's the guy that I think talks for um, Paula a lot because. Yeah. He, Paula's, I respect him trying to learn English as well. That's one of the reasons I was like, I really want Uriah Hall to win because he was talking all this shit. Right. And if he wins. I want to see him, and I want to. The, the build up for that fight will be fun because I I will fuck him up. You felt like there was holes in Uriah's game, like yeah. you were saying. It was like in his game the as well. And, um, in, yeah, in, in, in Paul in Paul's game as well. There's holes in his game. But what did you see in Paulo? Can Paulo, you say he gets hit easily, yeah. and you don't want. You know how Uriah was t- t- tapping him with the jab. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want it to. If I was behind those jabs, it'd be different setups. It'd be a different setup. I can come up with few other pathways after that jab. Like Uriah was hitting the jab, but that's it. Hit the jab, and his chin's up. He'll hit the jab, and what do you do after the jab? After you land it seven times, you got to do something else with it. You can't just keep jabbing him, jabbing him. If well, you it want seemed to, like you can. Costa had extreme confidence in his ability to knock out Uriah. He didn't, he didn't respect this jab. He yeah. will respect my jab. Like, look at my knuckle. See, this is my moose knuckle. This is my regular knuckle. I'll show the camera. Moose knuckle. <laughs> 
So this one's a little. That that's from. That's from. Warren, yeah. Son. No, that's from. Um, what's his name? It, it got a little bit more swollen because of um, Brad Tavares. Mm -hmm. This is my regular knuckle, and like I was jabbing him at first. Credit is that to him. swollen right now from the fight? Um, a little bit, but normally it's just good. That's a forever. rock, son. Yeah. That's like a a triple knuckle. <laughs> that ain't even a double knuckle. That's a triple it's a knuckle. a moose knuckle. Ouchihuahua. Yeah, but um, yeah. yeah, with Brad, in the beginning, my jab, I he was slipping it. And I was like, all right. And then you just said, drop it down. And at one point, he tried to counter it like Tyron Sprong. Slip the jab and count and counter. But um, I recognized it. I was like, okay, cool. Drop it down. And I, I, I hit him. with. I, I think I went down to the legs, and that took away attention from the top. Then I was able to go back to the jab, and I, I busted him up with the jab. Now, when you train in... Um do, do, do you spend time to work on traditional moves like wheel kicks and side kicks and all that shit that you throw occasionally, yeah. or do you throw them into your overall pad work game? Or yeah. how do you? The pad work Eugene he has his own system and he he knows what he. Everyone's different, so he treats every fighter as an individual. You know what I mean? So he knows what me what he can do on the pads and what I like to pull. And if I have an idea like oh try this out, he's open. He's not like. He's he's a very open man. He doesn't understand. He doesn't um, try and limit you from what you can do or what you can create. So all the spinning stuff, all the creativity, the things that I kind of bring myself, I try just 2 a.m. just walking around my house, shadow boxing sometimes, you know, just in my own free time. I, might, I just think about certain things, like how can I do this different? Even someone like Chad Mendes, there's something he does, like the he fakes the shot and uppercut. I like that. We're completely different body types, but I like that. And I, I have my own setups for that just because I, I feel like it's a good move, but with different body types. And mm -hmm. he has his own setup. So I like to create on my own. And then if I have any ideas or anything that I feel like can work well with the pads or with our, with our flow, I'll let him know. And he's open to it. Well, you're one of these guys that's coming up right now that's in this new wave of MMA fighters. Mm. That is every, it seems to me that there's like an incremental increase in the skill level. There's always all time greats like Cain Velasquez and, you know, uh, fill in the blank. There's like Anderson Silva. There's these guys that burst out and they, 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 they stand out yeah. as uh, extreme performers. Yeah. But there seems to me like right now to be a new, Zabit Magomed Sharpiro, yeah. Sharpov, that guy, there's a few. Of these guys that are coming up, where you watch them, you go, Whoa, there's some next level. level. You recognize, like a guy yeah. like me who's seen it for so many years, I go, Okay, there's some next level shit going on right now. Yeah, 100%. It's like, uh, like we we're talking about Lomachenko, mm. like Lomachenko's footwork and movement. This is okay, this is next level shit. Mm. I've seen a lot. I mean, I, I'm sure. There's been some all-time greats when you, you when you go to guys like Pernell Whitaker and guys like Floyd Mayweather, uh, you know, artistic geniuses. Mm -hmm. But there's something that Lomachenko is doing that they're not doing. Yeah, right. Hundred percent. Like even some things, I watch his footwork. I watch the Woo! way he looks. Like, and you you see my fight as well. I like to look at guys. I don't just like close my eyes and hope. Throw and hope. I don't throw and hope. I aim and fire. That's one of right. my quotes. I say that. But he does the same thing. Yeah. He likes to look, and he's aware of where he is. He's he data knows. crunching. Yeah, 100%. He's, he's chunking. He's yeah, chunking all that yeah. information. He's like Physically, to... muscle memory. Mm -hmm. Like I say, he's a dancer. He learned, what, yeah. four years of ballet. All that stuff, rhythm, timing, uh, offbeat, onbeat, it all uh, translates well into fighting, like, easily. Yeah, it really does. And it's so fascinating to me. Mm. And watching all these, like, new versions of different styles, 
like Khabib, in my opinion, is a new version of the ground and pound style. Mm. Like oh. I, watch, I watch his ground and pound. I'm like, Jesus yeah. fucking Christ. Like he's such a, like when he fought Michael Johnson, there's no Justin Gagey fight there, son. This is a yeah, mauling. This 100%. is a goddamn mauling. You're getting mauled by some crazy alien from another planet. I like the way he traps the hands. And I had, I had one on Brad as well a little bit, but I think he recognized it and he tried to go away. This is when I had his back for a brief moment in that fight, probably about a good... 30 seconds and I trapped his hand. Um, I learned that from BJJ Scout. It was on the Ben Askren video, but Brad wouldn't let me have his right hand. But I got it though, because I my, got these fucking monkey fingers. Like I can grip <laughs> I can grip really well. So I hold it and I peppered him a little bit. And then that's when I kind of got to the fence and something happened, got a Kimura. But I, I picked from everyone. Khabib, there's a way he traps the hands. We call it the Khabib. Everyone, I, I, when I get to my training partner, I start talking like, like you would never get this. I want this title shot. You know, I just kind of like mimic mm. guys like that just because they're good at what they do. Yeah. And if I can get it and make it work for me, like Bruce Lee, make it my own. I'm really intrigued. I mean, I was really bummed out that Max Holloway had to pull out of that fight. Shit. That I'm glad Michael Bispin called him out on that, though, mm -hmm. man, because I think most other people would have just kind of like, oh, well, good, good luck. But he called him out on TV like, bro, you look like you just woke up. And you can yeah, tell. Yeah, he recognized something. When yeah. I watched the interview, because I heard about it before I watched the interview, and I was like, oh, obviously. I didn't Look at him. He's just yeah. like, oh, you know, I feel great. Blah, 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 blah. Something's wrong. Yeah. Facts. Yeah. yeah. And he would have fought. He would have rehydrated and fought, maybe not to the best of his ability, but... Well, he might have got knocked out. I mean, he might have got hit with a punch and got yeah. knocked out. Ortega's I mean, no joke. No joke. You know, and you don't want to come against a guy, up against a guy like that and be slack. Uh, he should go to lightweight, Well, I he's think. Ortega's fascinating to me because his the way he locks up submissions is so it. next level. Long range. I like not, his chokes. Not just that. The technique is so sharp, man. Mm. When he dives on shit, when he got Cub in that... He got him in a Doris at the end of the set of the first round. I was like, mm. "What the fuck, man? Yeah. That is tight!" Like, but there was something about the finality to it. There was like, mm. "This is this is not a question of whether or not he's going to finish right? it." Well, it was it was not that. It was the 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 solidity of the technique. It was like when he locked it in, there was no doubt this fight oh, was like over. Knew, and like then the bell knew. rang. Yeah. yeah. And then I was I like, see. "Whoa!" Some guys have this that. wasn't slippery. Yeah. This wasn't like maybe he's going to get out. You know, a guy gets a guillotine. He's like, like "Oh, it looks like he's getting out. He's going to get out." This, this wasn't was that. Dead. This was death. Okay. And then he got him with a guillotine. He jumped on his guard. He, yeah. he jumped and got him in a guillotine. Looks that, beautiful. That kind of stuff. Like nasty. Ortega, I like the way he looks. I, I look at guys like that because similar body types. And lately, I've been catching that. You see, in the fifth round, give me another maybe seven seconds. I would have squeezed that. But it rang on, as well on the belt. But every time someone goes for certain things, I can snatch the neck. But the thing is, I don't have that the way Ortega has where he knows, like, okay, yeah. it's done. Like, for me, I'm like... I think it's tight. Let me try. Ah. Well, you know how it is, right? If like if you tried to throw a jab hook with mm. one hand and then throw it with the other hand, it just doesn't feel right with the mm. other hand. Yeah, oh, I can. I'm, 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 I'm bystanchial. I bet you are. <laughs> I go both ways. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, some people yeah. like from okay, yeah. from my own personal experience, my yeah. left hand, I know how to do it with my left side, mm. but my right side, it feels like awkward. Yeah. Well, there's a squeeze that you develop. Certain guys just get like this Marcelo Garcia style squeeze. Yeah. That's what and he Ortega's has. Ortega's got it. I yeah. want that. That's the thing. Cause you I, can I, get it. No, I, I've got for the. Sure. I can catch the neck, but the thing yeah. is, when I catch it, I'm not, I'm not dead set sure. Like, okay, it's over right. now. Like, right, I know right, if, right. Either, hey, if you don't tap, you're going to sleep. But I if you just tapped a certain amount of black belts with that, you would have that feeling. Yeah, right? he does. Yeah, yeah, he's a beast, man. 
He's a beast. Mm. He's so fucking explosive on the ground. He yeah. throws up triangles and arm I like his bars. Style. And... I like his creativity as well. Yeah. He thinks outside the box. Well, knocking out Frankie was giant and hitting him with an uppercut like that. Yeah. Like, Whoa. Out of nowhere. It's just uh, Frankie can take it, too. I saw so. Frankie fighting um, Atlantic City after that. Uh, just like, yeah, a few weeks after. Yeah. Like like four few weeks yeah, after, I, I think like, wow. it was. He fought okay. Cub Swanson. That's a dangerous Shit. fight to take yeah. after getting knocked out by Ortega. Fuck. What do you think about that? About guys doing that, like getting stopped. I agree. Nah, same. Take time off. After that um, knockout in Brazil, I took about. I fought again in July. Were you totally unconscious in that fight? Yeah, I remember. Okay, so I remember this is what happened. (laughs) I woke up. I was like, oh shit. Okay, let me try and get up. Fuck, my arms just felt like noodles. I was like, whatever. And then this kid, this fucking little shithead, like a baby, came over and just like. I think he either yelled in my face or whatever, and I was like, whatever. I don't, and then, because it's Brazil, <laughs> it go crazy. Like, holy shit, he knocked this guy out. So and what, then, where was the kid? Like, near you by the cage? Nah, by the like, ring? He came in the ring. Like, and then the he referee came had, in yeah, the ring? Like, a, a, the referee had to like, yo, everyone, get order again. There was chaos. And this is while they were doing the count? Yeah. And then I was Whoa. trying to get up. I was trying to get up. And then like, nah, and I think it was just over after that. Then I had, okay, cool, good fight. Gave him a, what do you call it, fist pound. And then the kid again came over next to me and just laid on the ground, just like. And I thought to myself, mock you? yeah, I was wow. just stomp his face, brother. Nah. How old was the like, kid? Seven. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Oh. If you can crawl, we can brawl. <laughs> 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 Shout out to Michael Blackson. <laughs> oh but, uh, shit, that's funny. Uh, if you can crawl, we can brawl. That <laughs> is fucking hilarious. Nah, but um, yeah, and Style then I remember like ruthless. No, nah, but then nah, it's also it's a dick move at the time. Well, you know, seven. I know, yeah. Yeah, 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 it's probably chimps. his kid, right? Was that his kid? I don't know. He could have got it either way. <laughs> <laughs> if your dad don't spank you, I'll spank you. <laughs> That's hilarious. But then I remember like flashes as well, walking out with Eugene to the stadium. Then we walked outside. We just sat there and I was like, breathe. I was like, what happened? And he just told me what happened. I was like, all right, okay. And then I remember back in the hotel chilling and then, yeah, I felt like, fuck, I'm okay. This is the worst, the worst case scenario. I'm okay, and that was my first only ever knockout loss. Knock on wood, and I was just like, fine. That's and it. do you think you learned something in that fight about Fuck not yeah. giving in to your emotions? And I just don't let people like people. You're the man. You ain't shit. Now I don't give a fuck. Like you, I only give a fuck about those who I care about. Like someone like Ash or Eugene, those my my close people. If they say something about me that you know hurts me, I, then I'll give a fuck. But if it's someone like Oh, bro, you're the man, this, that. But you got to blah, 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 blah. Or be more this. I'm like, cool. I just smile and wave because I don't mm. give a fuck what they think. They're no one to me. You know what I understand? Yeah. So, yeah, after that fight, I shouldn't I shouldn't have um, given into people's opinions of myself. I should have stayed true to me and just fucked them up in the second round. I would have knocked them out if I just didn't. Literally, just right hands. Why am I only throwing right hands? So you I'm, think that's like a, like a critical lesson in your career? Facts. I'm glad it happened. Like, after, in, the, in the moment, you know, hindsight, it's like, oh, fuck. Sucks, and I hate losing. I fucking hate losing. One thing, I went 40-0 and 0 before I had my first loss, and that was to Simon Marcus, Bati boy Simon Marcus. Like, and he, I beat him in that fight as well, but another judge, like, I, all three rounds. He's a beast. I beat him all three rounds, and then, okay, extra round. I believe you, round, but that's, extra round. that's a big fight to yeah, win, right? extra round. They made it an extra round, and that extra round, I still beat him, but then they gave it to him because he was a superstar at the time. And I realized, oh, shit, I lost. Okay. I lived my life, and that was it. But I took winning for granted for so long in kickboxing because I was always expecting to win. And after that, after a fight, like, okay, what's next? Cool. I watched the fight maybe twice, maybe even once. Sometimes I only watch the fight, and then that's it. What's next? But this weekend, 
ever, ever since I got to the UFC or just before, every every single fight after I win, because my my brain tries to go to that place where it's like, okay, what's next? But I'm like, wait, stop, nigga, you just main evented in Vegas, your first fight, smoke this dude all five rounds, and you're on top of the world right now. Take this in. Mm. That's why I'll sit down, look at the T-Mobile Arena, and just like, I might have been a little iry as well, just by myself <laughs> in my room, and then just get like, you get objective, and I sit down, yeah. I just like let it sink in, like, yo. You're out here. You're doing the damn thing, and really embrace it. Yeah. And, uh, eventually, when I go back home and I let things settle down and I move back into the floor of things, I, I'll, I'll start to get over it. But one thing I forget: you, and smell the roses. Just stop sometimes and smell the roses. And it's not cocky. It's not. It's just appreciating what you've done because you've put a lot of work into this. You know. Yeah. yeah. That's a good attitude, man. I mm. mean, I think what you're doing is in terms of your ability to reflect on yourself and to to be real objective about your abilities I and learned where that you want to go. Your, your podcast, the one thing you said when I was, because I don't have any big brothers, so I don't really have anyone sunning me, apart from Eugene and like, but sometimes uh, when, I, when, when I first started listening, you used to tell, it's like, don't be a bitch. You had this like big rant one time. If you want to do this and do that, follow your dreams and like, you know, don't conquer be a, your inner bitch. Yeah, conquer yeah. your inner bitch. Yeah, everybody remember, has an inner bitch. <laughs> I know. Tell me about it. There's no way around it. If you're tell, a human, I'm, I'm a bitch in the streets, bro. You got a little voice in <laughs> yeah. there. And I'm like, yeah, like it. Part of that was part of the fuel that helped me amongst a lot of other things. I take inspiration from everything to help me like get out of that. But I remember the day, September fourth, two thousand thirteen. I was just like, yep, I'm out. And I never, I never looked back. I never worked a day in my life again. Beautiful. Never again. I couldn't do it. Oh, there's one talent, time. I mean, one time. You don't have to anymore. You're working, but you're working at something you have a passion towards. You're it still feel working. Like work. It doesn't feel like work. That's what I mean. It's like it, I don't care if you work in the office. That's your thing. And if you don't feel like you're working, and you have a passion for what you're doing, just do that. Right. But then, like I said, some guys who are fighting and they don't, they just do it because it gets like Brendan Sharp. He was doing it because he's great at it. Right. Pays the bills. But now look at him, comedian, podcast. He recognized it though. He's a wise guy in that yeah. he. He recognized there there was this thing that he just it, you go back to like his fight with Crow Cop or mm. some of his earlier fights. He had a different attitude about fighting, and then he mm. realized he didn't have it anymore. Mm. But he was still getting paid well, so he didn't know how to it, jump out. Exactly, that's what yeah. I mean. So if you're not enjoying, doesn't matter what it is, just opt yeah. out. And yeah, he did. It's, it's, you helped him though. <laughs> yeah, yo, I listened to that. I was cringing the whole time. I had but to. But you had to. Yeah, that's what. Look, I love that guy. You He's check. like a brother to me. I tell and my I homies all the time. He wasn't all there. Yeah. In I, terms of like, he wasn't all in. Facts. Yeah. I, I tell my homies all the time because a lot of people like they don't know how to handle like not the new me, but the new lifestyle around me. Yeah. It's weird. People get they get like they become like groupies on a, in a way. What's like, spooky? I'm like, it's spooky because you, you broke, me. but you broke through the membrane into the neighboring dimension. <laughs> you know, like oh shit, like, like Stylebender's on TV, I'm a, and I'm he's still winning me. on TV. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, of but course. But to, to people yeah. that know you and then all of a sudden see you on TV, that's a mind fuck, man. Mm -hmm. but the I remember ones that seeing are... my first friends get on TV when I was a comedian, Yo. and uh, watch them on TV, going, "Whoa!" I kid weirded me guy. out. Yeah, I know yeah, that yeah. guy, and I see him on TV. Facts. Now, but for me, so the ones that are around me now, they're the ones that can check me. Like if I they fuck can up, handle it. And they can check me. Like yeah. if I fuck up, like I'm not perfect. I mean, everyone fucks a, up. There's no such thing. Yeah. So it it's like if, if I do something and I'm like I'm in the wrong, they'll tell me like, hey, you need to pull your head in. You know what I mean? So you need people like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad I have people like that now. Well, having people like that and also having people like. Dan Hooker in your camp, mm. having people like all the other training partners that you were talking about, having great coaches, 
all those things have to be together. It's like yeah. you have to have people that are honest, that are assessing you. You have to have a good, uh, a good trainer who's looking at you, who knows you. I was like, you're a little off today. You're a little slow today. Or today we're going to ramp it up. I think you're hitting the next level. We're going to add in some more mm. different things. Yeah. Having someone who's Being like, able to adjust and adapt everything, to each, everyone, Everyone's different individually, even with fighting the style. So that's one thing I love about our staff at City Kickboxing is because they can look at someone and be like, hey, cool, he needs to do this. He needs to work on this better. He, you know, and it's... It's beautiful. I honestly, like 20, 30 years from now, I keep telling my teammates like they're going to talk about us the way we talk about them, but like we don't Majiro realize it. Like Majiro Gym, like when people yeah. talk about Ernesto Hu's gym. 100%. Yeah. Majiro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've met him, um, Manat, Andre Manat as well in China. He's a, he's a kickboxing uh, legend as well. But yeah, one day I'll go out there and get some work, work done, probably at For the end sure. of the year. Yeah, man. I mean, mix it up. Yeah. Travel I like going, around. I, I love New Zealand. Don't get me wrong. When I when I see the Sky Tower, when I hit Auckland, I get excited like a little dog when he sees the park. You know what I mean? I love being home, but it's good to get out there, get some work, and without ego. Because one thing I, I realize now is if I go to a different gym, it'll be different now. Because guys, oh, he's that guy, right? Sparring. He might you know? try to hurt you. Yeah. Exactly. And bro, yeah, we can play. <laughs> we can play, well, but wait, I don't get paid for that. That's the thing. Also, you're also in one of the most beautiful countries that's ever existed. There's mm. something about New Zealand, man. I see, I've never been personally, but there's a reason why they filmed The Hobbit there. Because mm. like, you, you look at some of that shit, and it looks magical. Yeah, it like, is. It feels good to be. like I, I just love the vibe. It's a vibe in New Zealand I like. What is like, the vibe like? It's chill. Everyone's real loose. Like Not like loose like Australia. You can't get loose like that, but... It's relaxed. What's um, the difference between loose like Australia and loose like New Zealand? All Australia's are loose cunts. <laughs> <laughs> What's like the difference? Of, like, What's the difference? Bam Bam drinks out of a shoe. Oh, yeah, 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 They yeah. don't give a fuck. Aussies, like, the, the attitude. And they're, they're cool as well. It can be chill, but you can get some real loose cunts there. Like in New Zealand, like in anywhere, like in America. Right. You know, but um, generically speaking, like, it's just, yeah, Australians are... Depends where you go. Melbourne's my city. That's my favorite city in Australia. Melbourne, Perth, and then Adelaide. Mm. Those are my favorite cities in that order. But, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll probably hit a few other spots as well. See what the vibe is like. Just keep bro. moving around. Yeah. Now, what about American gyms? How many different American gyms have you uh, trained at besides Black Zillions? Black Zillions. Um, hmm, let me think. I've trained with a few fighters, but um, maybe I've trained with... Let me think. Who else? I think that's the only gym. I didn't go to ATT. I um in LA did I train? Most of the times I'm here. When I'm on holiday, I don't train. I holiday out. I fully right. yeah. Good I chill. For you. Yeah, but um, yeah. Um, you got fly, a good idea about balance, man. Yeah, I you try. Know? Once in a while, you go too too much this side. You have to find it. Okay, go to the other side. It, it never stays right in the middle for that for a long period of time. It's just like okay, you lean this way, go this way. All right, and find the balance. So it's just feeling and being honest with yourself. Objectivity. I say, always check yourself. A C Y. Always check yourself, no matter what. How you're feeling, into like, if something gets me, like maybe, if I see something that makes me feel away, like, I get jealous. I'm like, why do I feel that way? Why am I? Why am I? Why am I hating? You know, like it has nothing to do with me. Right, and I find right. out where it comes from, and then eventually, it's like you identify the monster, and then you you slaughter it, you kill it. Good for you, man. Yeah. Good for you. I learn. I learn. I'm coming up. I'm learning. You're a bad motherfucker. Listen, yeah, man. I'm going to wrap this up. Thank I you, brother. It. I'm glad we got a chance to do yeah, this. Last the first minute, one. threw it uh, in. Easy, yeah. The first one. That's yeah. right. It's the first one. We're <laughs> going right, to do this some more. I get more comfortable the way these go on. Dude, you, know? you were great, man. It was yeah, fun. It was I appreciate fun. it. Thank you. Stylebender on Twitter. Stylebender on Instagram. Everywhere. Everywhere. Catch me. Slide in my DMs. <laughs> Everywhere. Slide in the DMs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That was, that was fun. Uh, I needed that, so I was like,